it's about getting into schools and talking to young people because you know I, I know that people can change uh, and, it, and it's about talking to people and getting them to understand and perhaps step back from violence and, and prejudice and whatever and we just need to work together and keep on the good fight there absolutely Hey there guys, we are ecstatically happy to announce that we are associated with the Sophie Lancaster Foundation. The times are changing and with the unfortunate death of Sophie, those changes have made a massive impact for the future. If Sophie was with us still today, I can guarantee what you are doing will still be reaching so many lives of young teenagers, young adults and those who wish to be as different as possible. So thank you very much. To find out more about this incredible foundation and all the work they do, and more importantly, how you can help, head on over to www.sophielancasterfoundation.com. Hello, I'm Chesney. I am a singer-songwriter with many, many songs to my back catalogue, including one called The One and Only. And you are listening uh, to The Chronicles of Podcasts with Jamie and Tom. Oh, oh you didn't. Yeah. Oh, guys, you're way too kind. Welcome back. Jamie. Oh, sorry, again. I know, Claire's favourite part. Here we go. Uh, hi, guys. It's the Chronicles of Podcast. We're back again for the 46th edition, Jamie. Tall, sir. And I believe that, Jamie, yes. these are the Chronicles mm-hmm. of Chesley Hawks. Yeah. Yeah? Um, I guess I'll get this show on the road, then. Should I drive? Sure. Hit it. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the 46th edition of the Chronicles of podcast and these are the chronicles of chesney hawks and i am the bearded brummy jamie and joining me as always is this handsome devil ever what's going on scott's the tongue um have you heard that as well i think so Oh, there we are then. Um, anyway, yeah, yeah. What a, what an odd way to start the show. It seems like there's a third person here for some reason. Or I don't know what's going on, but there we are. Spooky nineties ghost. Anyway. <laughs> Jamie. So yes, sir. I was shit's happened today. I tell you, I was walking home from to the to the bus from work, and there was a single card on the floor. Just a single question card from Trivial Pursuit. Okay. So I found this really odd because I thought, in what situation are you going to take a single Trivial Pursuit card with you? (laughs) So I thought, is it a dating idea? You know, is it going to be like, oh, I love. 
what's the capital of Africa? <laughs> you know what I mean? Like just uh, <laughs> correct. I want to come back to mine. I don't know. Just I just I thought, why would you can't carry a single Trivial Pursuit card with you? Is it to show off to his mates? I just like, want to know if that anyone's actually done that, though. Because if they have, brilliant. I also realised that I massive because Africa's a continent. So yeah, I really <laughs> ruined that joke. Yeah, that, even, don't worry about it. It's capital of Ghana. <laughs> yeah, you know that sort of shit. But it, it just really made me think. Like, in what situation do you one single trivial pursuit card? I hope you got the cheese. Is it? <laughs> Want to see the mouse? Or is it a pizza slice? Want to see the want to see the mouse? It's definitely cheese. Yeah, obviously cheese. It's always been cheese in my family, so it's going to be cheese. Because if it was a pizza slice, Jamie, it'd have toppings. Fair point. All right. (laughs) I wasn't arguing against you. I literally said I say cheese too. I've just heard both. It's definitely a little block of cheese. So, um, just weird to remind myself of my dad's waterbed impression. What game is it? Is it articulate? What's the game where you have you have like it's a mime sing. Um, it's a weird game and my dad got a waterbed and he literally was on the sofa like just throwing stuff around like a worm like just doing this and then he pretended he punctured it so he was like <laughs> and my sister Kate was just like uh, I don't know uh, worm uh, uh, like she's absolutely shitting her pants it's so funny that's one of the greatest memories I've got I think just my dad's waterbed impression I think you can't add anything to that. Okay, that's fine, because I had another thought as well. I saw a guy kick a stone off the pavement, and then I thought to myself, why do people do this? Because I do it as well. So, you know, we've got, like, little gravel areas that got loads of pebbles in, but then some have spelled out onto the pathway. I always go, well, they don't belong on the path. They belong on a little bit. So I just kick them in. <laughs> you do it as well, yeah. But I saw a guy at the bus stop yesterday, uh, on, yeah, yesterday, kicked it off the path onto the road. And I was like, why do people do this? And it's like, like, oh, Stone, you don't belong on the path here. No, you belong on the road. You've come from some gravel pit somewhere, haven't you? Yes. Yeah, well, uh, and then I always think, what if a tyre bursts on it? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I kick it into the road sometimes and I go, oh, I probably shouldn't have done that. That's a bad idea. Yeah, it? it's so weird. I was just watching him. I was like, well, I do that. I'll put that in the show. Unless it's innate built into our brains because we're men to like pretend we're playing football because you know lads 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 other than that I ain't got a fucking clue well no because other people do with their cans or something don't they rocks is weird because it, it, once you've kicked it where the fuck's it gone <laughs> yeah oh, no. <laughs> which one are you there's old Parley and I don't know which one you were oh no, that was a decent one now I can't but it's too small that it's too small <laughs> it's too triangle I don't like it like this triangle it looks like a D&D dice um <laughs> That's not fun. I don't play d and I just know that they're really weird shaped dice. I've never got that game. I've always wanted to play it. Yeah, I've always wanted to. I know some people here that play it, but I'm just like, I just don't. I I think I get too awkward. Uh, It'd be like, you are a goblin and you've entered someone's lair. You roll and you fight or do you flee? And I'm like, (laughs) yeah, I really like carrot juice. (laughs) (laughs) You (laughs) haven't had time yet. You'd be a fucking amazing dungeon master. That's what you're on about. If you were the guy reading the rules and doing doing all the voices and stuff, you'd be wicked at that. As you're calling in life, you could be a dungeon master. Igrid's lair. (laughs) See? You have journeyed on your quest far, I see. (laughs) I I am Wolfried the Red. 
<laughs> I cast the spell upon you. You must say you just proving my point for me here. That's all you're doing. Okay. Yeah. It's, it's, okay. Maybe I'm just in the wrong job, Jamie. Really? You, you know that page. You know that page to be dungeon master, do you? So. Yeah. Still. Um, although. Calling in well, I appreciate that. Thank you. The final thought I had. Oh, we've been thinking about this week. I have, I have been, but it's all been today. So I was like, oh, that's in the show. Oh, that's in the show. That's in the show. That's in the show. Twins. Yes. All right? Ooh, twins. Twins, Basil. No, so no. I had a thought, right, because I work with twins. Well, I work with one of them, but I know she's a twin. Yes. And when they're in work together, they like to mess with people's heads, but I can <laughs> tell them apart. Anyway, if you fancy said twin or fall in love with or whatever and you go out with them, do you reckon anyone's ever made the mistake? God, Do you reckon anyone's ever gone to the wrong, the wrong twin? It's got to have happened at least. It's but then, at least from other, behind, like you've walked behind them or something. Yeah, but then my other thought was, if you fancy a twin, does that mean you fancy the other one because they look exactly the same? <laughs> this is so, a thought I've actually had. Is yeah, what if two twins <laughs> go out for a meal with their boyfriends? And the boyfriends look at each other and go, you fancy my other half, don't you? you well, no, not, not, not necessarily that. Just just one single person. They're not dating, but fancies someone and they're a twin. Does that mean they fancy the other one as well? Physically, they must do, surely. Yeah, because that's mind-blowing to me. <laughs> it's almost as mind-blowing as the fact that a person comes out of a person. But still. <laughs> like, like two people coming out of one person. It's just, well, yeah. It, I, I just, yeah, I've never experienced anything quite like it. So I was just, it's just, so I asked her. <laughs> I did. I, I went up to her and I was like, Rashani, has anybody, have you ever had the thing where somebody fancies you and then they also fancy your sister at the same time because obviously you look alike? She's like, yeah, but most people can tell us apart. I was like, yeah, I, I understand that, but it's got, it's got to have happened, surely. And she never told me, so. She was like, this fucking question again. Yeah, because she was like, oh, someone else asked me this. I was like, oh, really? Okay, she's not just me there with the weird-ass <laughs> fucking brain. You're not the only person that gets thrown for some... Thrown for some... Oh, fuck, I can't think of the phrase. Thrown off by twins. No, no, no. The question I was going to ask you, I was quite tempted to ask you, was why is P yellow? But, you know, I'm not a moron, so... <laughs> you haven't been drinking enough water, that's why. Exactly. Why is, why is poo fucking brown? Jesus <laughs> Christ. Anyway, <laughs> how are you, sir? <laughs> I'm, I'm very well, sir. I'm very well. I'm, it's my only day off. I've done five days straight, and then I've done one day off, and then I've done another five days. No! Ah, bloody split weeks are the worst. And I'm on Horrific. these 210 shifts, so I've done absolutely nothing this week. But there we go. It's, a, it's all good. Uh, Got the worst kind of shifts to have as well because it's like you, you, you can enjoy your morning ever so slightly, but then you've got to be careful because if you enjoy your morning too much, you'll miss the fact that you've got to go to work. Yeah. So your yeah. afternoon is completely gone anyway because you've got to get there. The only good thing about these shifts is it's really helpful for when doing my editing, editing for the show because I can do some in the morning and let it save while I'm at work. Other than that, it's a pain in the ass. And Prime podcasting time. Yes. Perfect. Just not for recording. <laughs> well, still, we're yeah. here. It is. I haven't got my watch on, but still we're here. But yes. You know, it's late in the evening, I know, and I apologise. I was working late. I still have a life to live as well. How dare you? Uh, How dare yeah. you, bastard? But yeah. How are you? How no, are you? I, get it. I totally get it. Yeah, I'm fine, man. I'm tired. It's it's been a it's been a it's been a time. It's been a time, Jamie Westwood. 
Um, I worked yesterday and obviously Sunday wise, I have to leave like pretty much nearly two hours early to get to work on time. Yeah. And then the bus isn't until 45 minutes after I finished. And then I get home about an hour and a half, two hours after I finished. So Sunday's nice. great. Yeah, it's brilliant. It's what happens you work in, live in another city to where you work. Um, but yeah, I'm fine, man. I'm fine. It's been a lot's been going on. Um, but I'm just getting out of Dubai. Happy to be here as always. Do love our recording evenings. Do love when yeah. we get to sit down and get to chin wag. Um and get and then get excited for people to hear it. So um and hopefully you all enjoyed the massive announcement that was made this week as well. The boys are gonna be at Bloodstock. Oh my ass. Yeah, it's gonna be great. Like our first festival as a podcast alongside so these excited. wonderful people. Yeah, so well, I mean, it's weird because I'm actually loving the fact that I'm there's not a lot of bands I want to see. So I'm like, perfect. I can just enjoy my time, speak to as many people as you know, it's gonna be great. So come and see your boys at Bloodstock Festival this year. Yeah, you'll find us near the Sophie Tent and come talk to us. We we want to make as much content as we can from our time there and raise as much awareness for these guys as we can. So come talk to us, come ask us questions. We'll ask you questions. Get on the camera. We'll- and then, we'll make and, then, famous, baby. and then we're going to make you subscribe to our YouTube. Oh, yes, yeah. Right there on the yeah, spot. We're not letting you leave until you've shown us you've subscribed. I mean, you can always, you're allowed to leave. Uh, we can't kidnap people, Jamie. And it's not, it's not part of the, of the constitution. Um, In the constitution. So, oh, there we are then. Um, so, yeah. So what's been, uh, what's been going on with you, my friend? What have you been doing other than uh, Rihanna? I was going to say, mostly Rihanna. I've been doing all sorts of work. You know, I said to the wife earlier, it's like, what have I actually done this week? She's like, uh, worked. Oh, yeah, that's pretty much it. Um, no, other than work, uh, I went to B&Q the other day because I've mentioned my tales of my garden and I wish to build some decking. And I've been, the idea was wait for my dad and we'll do it together. He'll show me what to do. And I've thought, no, do you know what, Jamie? You're a 35-year-old man. You're an independent man. Do it yourself. So I'm going to attempt to build my own decking for the first time in my life. I've never done anything like this. YouTube will be my friend. So if in the next coming weeks I'm going, I can't do the decking, that's why. Please, can you just video it and put it on our YouTube channel? What, me having a breakdown? <laughs> no, just, just, how, just how Jamie's trying to make decking. It'd be funny. I'd, I'd watch it. It'd be great. <laughs> and um, yesterday, sorry, not yesterday, day before, in typical Jamie's good luck fashion, I was cycling home from work. I went down a curb and what happened? My back tyre decided to go. So two weeks, three weeks before this bloody bike ride, so I took it to the bike shop this morning and I was like, can you do a service on the bike? Check it over, see what it needs doing. So I'm ready, tip top condition, ready for this bike ride. 108 quid is quoted me because apparently I need a load of stuff replaced, which I didn't realise. So yay. But it needs doing and it's my main mode of transportation, so I need to do it anyway. So hey-ho. Um, other than that, watching things wise, I finished watching Stranger Things again because I decided to start from season one and I watched it through again. And I appreciated season four so much more after watching one to three again. So I'm glad I did that. Now we just got to wait, what, five days from is it from recording to the new one, second half drops? And I can't wait. This, this is out on the day. It's out, you melon. Is it out on the first? Yeah. Oh, yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, I know. Yeah. Um, uh, other, than, other than that, watch wise, all I've done is I've watched the first few episodes of The Boys season three. Uh, do you watch The Boys? No. The first episode of something that happens in that. Wow. I don't really know how to describe it. I won't spoil it, but for people that have watched it, they'll know. Is that something with dildos? Not dildos. Okay. 
It's based off, it's something to do with the part of a male body that the dildo is based on. Because uh, if you watch Cup of Cheer, um, there's a part where I think where a Russian gets sucked off or something. Um, and if you watch Cup of Cheer, it just happens to be um, Mary, Mary Lady, Storm Steenson, isn't it? <laughs> as, as the prostitute. No, I've not seen that bit yet. Just, just throwing that out there, yeah. But other than that, last thing I've done today, literally today, at five o'clock today, I went to HMV Vault in Birmingham City Centre to an evening with Porcupine Tree. Porcupine Tree are one of my favourite bands on the entire planet. They're technically a prog rock band, but literally, there's no other band that sounds like them. And they've just released their first album in about 12 years, I think it is. Uh, Closure and Continuation it is glorious album but it's basically just like a q a session this guy asked them questions 40 minutes and then fans got to ask questions we got a copy of the album a signed print it was great becky brought me from my birth an early birthday present which was lovely oh, nice. very much to the wife and it was it was absolutely awesome was, i was gutted though because everyone's like throwing their hands up and i didn't get to ask my question which was i was gonna ask my show <laughs> don't love to ask that all, all I was going to say is for people that have never heard the band before, over such an extensive back catalogue, if you were to say, listen to these two or three songs to define who Porcupine Tree or what songs would they be, and I never got to bloody ask it. <laughs> so now I just need to get them on the show and I can ask them that one. So, exactly, but it's cool that you guys go and see that. It's awesome. Yeah. It's really cool. I've never been to anything like it before. It was really, really cool. So anyway, oh, the new album, though, is absolutely stunning. So good. So good. Uh, but yeah, that's about it, really. Oh, and uh, US Supreme Court, go fuck yourself. Anyway, what have you been up to, sir? Yeah, well, that happened, didn't it? Yeah, that happened. Wow. Yeah, uh, yeah. But there we are. Um, so I've been doing a lot of Rihanna in. Um, uh, just to feed off your porcupine tree, I discovered a band called Fire from the Gods, um, who are like a heavy, heavier version of Skindred. They're okay. like a they're like metal, like new metal, metal. They've got really melodic voice, but he reggae's at points. He raps at points. Uh, there's a song with the P.O.D. singer, Sonny. Um, there's, it's, it's some great stuff. It's a good album. Um, I forgot what it's called. It's the latest one anyway. Um, and they've, that's from 2019. They released a brand new single a couple of weeks back. But I just stumbled across them because I've been listening to a lot of AEW stuff. Um, and they just popped up and I was like, oh, this is really good. Um, and it's the album, and it's great. So, yeah, Fire from the Gods, Jamie. I think definitely want to check out. Sound like my kind of cup of tea, to be fair. I yeah, I think, you, I, think you're, I think you'll really like them. They've got a seven dust feel about them. Ooh, okay. Sure yeah, really good. Um, so, we did a lot of Rihanna in. Uh, Saturday, we went to Keris's sister's house uh, for her nephew's fifth birthday party. His birthday is actually today on the day of recording. So, happy birthday, Archie. Happy birthday. Um, uh, so we had like a big barbecue, made our own pizzas. Um, we played Mr. and Mrs., which was fucking hilarious. Uh, got 14 out of 20. I was quite happy with that. Is that like when you're going to answer questions about your overall? We sit back to back. Yeah, and you put cards up on who, you know, who's the messiest, Keris. Who, like, <laughs> who would be able to talk their way out of an argument, Keris. Keris. Uh, yeah, so it's just stuff like that. It's just great. That's literally what it was. Um, who could, you know, Drink more than the Karis. Um, <laughs> so that's it was good, it was good fun. It was really good fun. Um, what else have we done? Rihanna in. Uh, we haven't interviewed this week, so no, uh, that is coming up though. Quite looking forward to that ne- uh, next weekend. Um, 
fuck me. What actually have I done? Oh, I've, been, I've, I've been binging AW like you wouldn't believe. Uh, watched Double or Nothing, you know, for Doors last night. So, which for Friday was, I was also recording Monday. Uh, so, I've watched that some stage this week, I imagine. We've got a, uh, we had a really great meeting on Tuesday. Um, yeah, it's not really a lot going on in my life, to be honest with you, to be fair, my friend. Uh, we watched uh, The Secret Window with Johnny Depp on Saturday evening. Oh, wow, I haven't seen that in a long time. So I called it, though, halfway through, because Kerister has seen it, and we got halfway through, and he burns the house down, and I was like, ah. Well, the house gets burnt down, sorry. And I was like, well, nobody else was there. So I was like, ah. So I was like, I bet you this is this. Kerister was like, Maybe. <laughs> So good movie. I really enjoyed because you know what I like in movies. I'm like, oh, I just don't know if I can be asked. Yeah. Uh, and I went, I went, no, take the control, babe. You pick wherever you want. You pick, just put, over, just put wherever you want. Just put wherever you want. I don't care. She went, I want to watch Secret Window. I was like, okay. Um, and yeah, I actually really enjoyed it. It was really good. Uh, but yeah, AEW, uh, I've got two exams left. Ooh. Um, yeah, I can't wait, man. Like, I can't wait to get that done. Work's been great. Um, I had to go work over in Panath, which is a lovely, lovely little uh, little place. But Jamie, the most mental fucking thing happened today, right? Today's been a bit of a nuts That's day. That's the same, Adam. Nuts day today, isn't you? On the bus. I was on the bus, right? Let me just have a swig. Hang on, let me have a swig. It's having a swig. So I was on the bus, right? And Newport Road is a massively long road in Cardiff. It's got Fuck loads of shops on. It's got that two guys uh, little stall across the road from five guys I told you about months ago. And we get to the roundabout and you go around the roundabout to get to Romney, it turns to one road, right? Hmm. So the bus is coming around. This BMW tries to fly, tries to fly around the bus to get up, to get ahead, to go off first. Oh, bus cuts it off, obviously, because the bus is already around there. They didn't get around in time. It's like, nah, 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 nah. Anyway, classic BMW driver. Guess what happens next? Go on. So we're driving up, the road cuts back into two. BMW driver comes round the bus, flies round the bus, and then goes in front and slows right down, right? So we, so the bus driver's like, nah, because obviously he's had to slow down. So he goes to go round him. As he goes to go round him, the BMW swerves in the way of the bus again. And I'm like, what the fuck is going on here? Every time the bus tries to go round the BMW, he cut in front every single time. We almost, we almost wiped him out about three or four times. What an absolute twat. Do you reckon it's some vengeful former bus driver? No, I reckon it's just some fucking wanker who, <laughs> you know, has an absolutely tiny penis. He's like, hey, you kept me up. Hey, you kept me up. Prick. What a twat. If we'd, if we'd hit him, if we'd had an accident and that BMW caused it, I would have happily got off that bus and beaten the living shit out of him. <laughs> like, prick. What, what, what's that gaining you? Nothing. It's just what is that to show off? Exactly. Fucking arsehole. I'm in a BMW so, and you lot are on the bush. Quick. I just don't understand exactly. I need to make up for my tiny penis. He made it smaller. He made my dick smaller. <laughs> arsehole. Anyway, sorry about that. Sorry, guys. Sorry, everybody. And oh, I'll tell you. I tell you. I tell you. Fuck me. Some uh, people annoy me sometimes. It's like, what is the point? What I just don't get it. People are assholes. Plain and simple. Uh, I did. Uh, I did have maybe have a little bit. Of, this is this is quite naughty, of me, but it's quite funny. <gasps> what you done? What you done? What you done? There was someone who was clearly off their face at ten a.m. walking through Cardiff High Street. Classic. 
And she was like, so I went, yeah, <laughs> really loud. And she went, like, just talking absolute bollocks again. I went, yeah. <laughs> and she went, you fucking, and I was like, yeah. I was like, oh, there we are then. And then walked inside. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but I like doing it. I don't know why it's funny, but it's funny. It just is. There are a lot of people outside. The, you can always hear some people outside go like, John, John. So I'll sit behind the window and go, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> just a message. It's, it's just funny. It's just some form of entertainment anyway. It makes you laugh. Therefore, it, it's fun. It's all exactly. It's all that. Exactly. Uh, but yeah, I've also completely strange things. So... Um, it was one of those where I went, oh, because I, I was kind of like, oh, we'll save it, we'll save it, baby, we'll be fine, we'll be fine, we've got plenty, episode seven, we've got plenty of time left. What do you mean it's done? Yeah. <laughs> wait, 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 what, in, oh, that, so the last episode was in July, why the fuck have you done that? I know. Oh, why? I need to know what the hell happens. Well, that's the whole point, isn't it? That's why I've done it. But I they're know, both like, the, the last two are like two hours long each. The last episode was two and a half hours. I know, and I can't wait. I thought, I, the way they've done that, two and a half hour final, I think, surely that, I thought that was going to be the final season, but there's still another season to go. There right? is, there is. But I did see, I did see um, a comment from the Duffer Brothers. Oh, that yeah, says, about season five, making the Netflix people cry. <laughs> so it's going to be, well, I wasn't even that. I think it's for the end of this series, so I'm not entirely sure. I won't spoil it. I'll tell you afterwards. Um, which was like, oh, shit. Oh, the so, show is so good. It really is. But I did call it the end, last episode. I was like, I've got a feeling. I half called it. Well, Facebook spoilt something for me with the Squid Game guy. Squid Game guy? Yeah, I saw the Squid Game guy, and I, and I saw... Something and was like, you absolute fucker. Oh, I think I, I think I know the meme you saw. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So then I was like, then I put two together. I went, ah. Yeah, because it's like a double twist, isn't it? I called one half of it, but I didn't call the other. So, guys, if you've not watched Stranger Things, I think you need to get on it. Sort Round your fucking now. life out. That's what you need to well, do. Well, don't, don't sort your life out at all. That's kind of threatening. Um, what I'd say, what I'd say is, is just. You're missing out. You're missing it, out. Is, it is good. And I know I know a lot of people this day and age, I'm not going to jump on that bandwagon. Oh, Tiger King, should we be to watch it now? Callum Treacher. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, just watch it. All right? Because it's good. It will better your life. It's just incredible. It's just good. And on that note, Jamie, I suppose we'll hear from the man who was in The Boys 1 and 2 was an extra, shouldn't we? Our owner of Stay Cozy. Wait, what? I did not know this. Yeah, he's in the boys one and two. Come on, Brayden. What do you got to say for us? All right. Is this thing on? Well, howdy doody, everybody. This is Brayden Berry from Say We Can Fly, founder of Stay Cozy Clothing. Your one-stop shop for the coziest, most fashionable hoodies, t-shirts, and more. Gorsh, Mickey. That's right, folks. And we're proud to say that we are now sponsoring... The Chronicles of Podcast. Ouch. Hosted by Tom and Jamie. <laughs> like, you can get 10% off, man. That's right, Shaggy. Just use the special code, The Chronicles at Check out. Oh, boy. Oh.
burn my tiny mind with that little factoid. Yeah, here's an extra. Um, he's in the club in season two, and he's on the stage with all of them in season one. Oh man, I did not know this. Yeah, so there you are. But Jamie, I digress. Yes. Anyway. It's time for Callous Yeah, it is. Do you want to know something? Callum will be able to tell you. And Callum's treachings. It's cereal soup. Ooh. Jamie's favourite segment. <laughs> that would be a high pitch though, didn't I? We did get a little bit excited. <laughs> I'm not going to lie to you right now. So, there we go. Back for Jamie's favourite segment of the week that we technically oh, are sort of half involved in. Yeah. We're sort of half involved, I'd say, because obviously... We like to give our little feedback at the end, but these are genius on so many levels. Jamie Westwood. Yes, sir. What is Callum treating us this week? Phone companies have done a better job at advertising cameras than camera companies. That's brilliant. That is brilliant. That is absolutely so, it, brilliant. Yeah, because literally every phone advert is a 96 pixel camera, 124,260 pixel camera. It's not, you can call people and text. It's, look at this camera. Look at this, you can now magic erase people out of your photos. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> Where's really Je- yeah. And then you've got Jessup's in the corner. Jessup's like, hello? <laughs> hello? It does a snap and then it does a ka noise. Hello? <laughs> it does a <laughs> noise. Max no. Spielman sat in the corner. Can everyone used to love me? Yeah. <laughs> it's got a shutter. <laughs> That's such a good point. Now think about it. Yeah, you see these phone co- phone adverts, and literally all they do is advertise the camera. Yeah. And maybe the battery. That's about it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's so funny. I can't remember the last time I saw anyone advertise a camera. Neither can I. I think Jessup's gone out of business now. I think it has, isn't Possibly. It? I think phones have gone. Cheers, then. Kodak. Harrison, Who's Kodak? Fuck off. <laughs> Harrison messaged me the other day. He's like, have you got, like, a decent camera for you to take on holiday? Take pictures. He's like, nah, mate, I use my phone. The quality's better than any mental, camera I've got. It's like, so mental that, literally, everything's been condensed to this. It's nuts, but... <laughs> it's really, absolutely insane. But, yeah, he's got a great point. Yeah, very he's got good a, point. So, again, he's come straight out the bat with an absolute belter. I like that. I like that a lot. So do I. But, Jamie, we digress. Yeah, we do. What else? Oh, no, no, no. Let me start that again. What else is Callum Trichinger's? This week? The taller you are, the harder it is to wash the dishes. <laughs> there, there must be some optimum, optimum dishwashing hunt. I'm not joking, Jamie, right? It fucking kills my back. It absolutely breaks me. It's so weird because I actually, I literally have to like lean. I'm almost at a 90 degree angle. (laughs) However, there's wash stuff. Like it's, it's insane. I can't believe how like low down kitchen cabinet sides are. But then if Karis is over in the kitchen, she'd be fucked if they're my size. I was going to say, does Karis need to step? I'm just cutting the onion, love. It might be me. I'm not entirely sure. It's oh, part of finger. I've lost three fingers today. It's for a great result. <laughs> Either the onion's making me cry or the fact I've chopped off my finger is one of the two. Yeah. <laughs> At least I think it's onion. 
Oh, it's Pepper. It's Pepper. So I think at least I think it's Pepper. It de- let me just have a feel. It's got a bit of an head. It's that. It's a, oh, it's your penis. Sorry about that. <laughs> 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 well, me, your that's a really that's a really good point. Yes, it's horrible. That's why it's so funny because when we first moved in here, I was like, look, love, right? Energy prices have soared. We're not going to use the dishwasher. What we'll do is we'll only use the dishwasher for big meals where, you know, you make loads and lose loads of shit. And then we'll wash up the most of the rest. How long do you reckon that lasted? Uh, a day and a half. Three days. <laughs> and I was like, fuck, just put it in the dishwasher. But I can't be asked. <laughs> I can't do it. I was bending. My back's fucked. So... I did get one of them back stretches though. When my, when my boss at work gave me a back stretch, oh, Jamie, it's revolutionary. I'm literally, because you, you like, you sit it to the base of your ass yeah. and you lean backwards and it like curves over. It's a plastic, big piece of plastic. It's got spikes in it as well. So it's for the blood circulation. And you lay there, you're like, oh, the spikes hurt a little bit, all the spikes, but then all of a sudden your back starts to like relax. And it's like, ha, huh? but you want to laugh scream shout because it's like so lovely but so painful at the same time like ha, 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 ha. it's like all right babe i i i just want to get you off i'm like that's okay it, it'll go in a minute <laughs> oh. <laughs> yeah can, uh, what we should have what they should totally have is um like dr evil's chair you should have that button where it just goes so then I wash, I can actually wash properly. Then I can press it again for Keris's height. That's a great idea. You need, yeah, you need a you need a stool for washing up. Like robotic, robotic arms and legs, the things can actually move up so I can use it properly. That's an amazing idea. I now really want to know what the optimum height to wash up is. That's yeah, that's actually a genius idea. I want we'll to know now. We'll have to find out. We'll have to find out. But Jamie. Yes. We'll find out later. And finally, what is Callum Trichiners? This week. In an age where electric cars are becoming more and more common, kids are going to start making electric car noises instead of petrol car noises. So rather than a broom broom, it's going to be a hmm hmm. <laughs> Do you know what, Jerry? He's not wrong. He, the boy is not wrong. Your electric cars actually make noise, don't they? They sort of do, but it's literally like, it's like yeah. So brum, brum, it's not going to be a thing anymore because yeah. Oh my god, I never thought about that. That is mental. Man, when you first said it, I was really hoping for an impression, and it didn't let me down. Strong treaches. Strong treaches for this episode. But absolutely correct, yeah. I oh, I don't want to live in a world where everyone goes, oh, let's get in the car. Make Formula One different, would it? <laughs> It'll be... Ruined my favourite impression. It'll be... Mm. Oh, it's going quick, though. It's going really long. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Mm. Uh, it's almost like a shrug insect. Uh, <laughs> uh, uh, uh. Electric cars sounded by a shrug. Mm. 
What a great edition of Kyle Restrictions again. What a strong Super, week. Sir. Every single week though, Jamie, he absolutely smashed it out of the park every single week. And then I had to, I, I had to follow this shit. For fuck's sake. It's time for Tom's Journal. And welcome to another edition of Tom's Journal. Right. There are a lot more Tom editions this week. Yeah, uh, but these are obviously from weeks ago. So, <laughs> because obviously they were stashed up massively from when you were away. This is where um, you read them and you can't even remember what the fuck happened. No, I could definitely remember these. So, really funny, right? You know, I've been an NFL fan since 2004, right? You have. I've been a Steelers fan since 2004. You have. And a guy came into work with a Raiders hat on. <laughs> now, Jamie, do you know where the where the Raiders are from? To Los Angeles. Right, so straight away, uh, get in the bin. Okay, I was wrong then. <laughs> so this guy, the, the Raiders were originally Oakland. They've just moved to Las okay. Vegas, okay. right? They're now in Las Vegas, okay? okay. So they're now the Las Vegas Raiders, yeah? Okay. So I said, oh, wow, are you actually a Las Vegas Raiders fan or just like the, just like the hat? And he went, you mean the LA Raiders? I went, no, I mean the Las Vegas Raiders. They're from, they're from Las Vegas because that's what they just moved to from Oakland. He went, you mean the LA Raiders there, right? <clears throat> so. It wasn't me. No, it wasn't you, no. There's no older gentleman. I was like, <laughs> right. So, but you know that the Rams and the Chargers have moved to LA and the Raiders went to Las Vegas. And he went, no, you definitely been the LA Raiders, don't you? Cool. Well, anyway, have a great day. Take care of yourself. All right, I'll see you soon. Don't be smashing glasses, bastard. And afterwards, <laughs> I was just like, why? I know he doesn't know me, all right? And I get that, but I know I'm right. And that's what <laughs> winds me up more than anything else. It's like, I know they're from Las Vegas. I watch the sport every fucking year. I follow it every day. Are you anything like me, though, where you, even though you know you know it, you're going to Google it just to confirm for no, yourself that you because know because I, I already knew, but I didn't need to. I didn't need to Google it, Jamie, because I know that they're the Las Vegas Raiders, for fuck's sake. Smitch, you back me up. You're a oh. fan. You're the Raiders fan for fucking, like, all oh my days. I was just, it's just the way he was like, it's definitely a low, though. I was like, mm-hmm. Is, is it really? Okay, that's fine. You're watching the wrong fucking sport, then. Where's Oakland? Uh, West Coast. It's by San Francisco. Oh, okay. I wasn't remotely close, Okay. <laughs> just, oh, my days. Well, it's the thing is, when I know I'm right, I'm like, but I know I'm right. Like, it's just where, and I want you to know that I know I'm correct. <laughs> if I'm wrong, yeah, fine. But I know I'm not wrong. Anyway. I'm just going to measure you up for these uh, grandmother face, like, look, they're from Las Vegas, all right? So, funnily enough, you reshared a video of me doing the dance from when I saw those three guys tripping on acid in the middle of the street with the, Yeah. This was weird. I went shopping yesterday. There were three guys having a proper 90s rave in the middle of the street with bucket hats on and serious raving face. They must have been on drugs. It was hilarious. Serious raving face? Yeah, they was like... <laughs> oh, Jesus Christ. I'm making a gif out of that. <laughs> so, it's really funny that you shared that video because I have another story. I was in the Capital Centre in Cardiff. I'd just been into Tesco and I walked out. I'm not joking, Jamie. This guy was like... He was proper going for it in the middle of the Capital Centre, all by himself. 
Fair all play. by himself, with it suited, bag over his shoulder. <laughs> I just fuck me, it was so funny. I couldn't keep my eyes off him. It, obviously, I was staring at him, but I was like, "This is the best thing I've ever seen in my life." <laughs> but I mean, he was, he was pirouetting, he was spinning, he was jumping with legs like he was going, he was going for it. What? I was like, I was just like, "Wow, this is great," but also fucking hilarious at the same time. I was like, "That's going in the show." <laughs> Uh, I forgot all about that video of Ray Face when it came with my memories. I was so happy. <laughs> yeah. So you shared Ray Face, and now a year later, you've got this dancing ballerina dude. <laughs> so good. Um, but on the same evening, so I got the bus home, I was walking over the bridge to home. There were two unicyclers on the bridge, right? Right, yeah. One with a little tiny wheel on the front. He was really struggling. Followed by what looked like a wheel off a monster truck. And he was just like, la, la, la. Just proper unicycling on the bridge. Whereas maybe the tiny little wheel was like, I can't, I can't keep, let me decide. I'll pull on the side. And the other guy was just like, fuck off, mate. See you later. <laughs> he was gone. He didn't give a shit. <laughs> Venice friend. Our friend's behind me. I thought he'd catch up soon. It's still there now. <laughs> I can't quite do it. <laughs> Literally, he's like, I just can't. But I know if it's because the wheels, because his wheel was fucking huge. So he's just like, la la la. Like he wasn't even struggling. The guy at the time was like, I can't get up the bridge. The bridge is not very steep. As soon as he gets up a tiny bit, he's like, oh, rolling backwards. Pretty much. Pretty much. And then for my birthday barbecue back at the beginning of June, um, we were in. Asda in Newport, it's in Pill. It's not a very nice area. A guy with a vest on and shorts, and that was it. And he was the hairiest man you've ever seen in your life. And it was just, it was literally Chewbacca in a vest. It was the way, it was just like, wow. There we are. your back. Shave your back. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> shave your fucking front. I mean, it was just, yeah. It was the sight to behold, Jamie. A sight to behold. I couldn't imagine being that hairy. Just no. It was just like, yeah, you're a bit like, you need to maybe sort that out a little bit. <laughs> Some people, I guess, like it. Mm. I don't know, but there we are. Um, right. I just said that. That was fucking hilarious. Anyway, picture time. Yeah. Jamie. Hello. The brain, right? The yes. brain is just eight, eight pounds of meat that sits in complete darkness and plays a video game of what it thinks is the most realistic thing ever. <laughs> it's actually three pounds, not eight. Also, it's not really meat. It's mostly fat with some water and salt. You have a wad of soggy bacon inside your skull and this blob of gross, unprocessed jello somehow managed to run a comp- complex biomechanical suit using less electricity than it takes to work a light bulb. And people wonder why humans are so fucking weird and have odd experiences that aren't actually real. I mean, if a bowl of tapioca pudding managed to hallucinate so vividly, it invented calculus. It's also going, dude, I heard a weird noise and I'm 100% sure it was the ghost of the neighbour's cat, which hasn't actually died yet. Would be disrespectful as anything else. (laughs) That right there proves why the human race are so fucking weird. Yeah. It's just insane. It's just such a great analogy of how we operate. And like, 
it's almost like a brain for dummies kind of way. I just love the <laughs> idea. The kind of meat operating a video game that thinks it's real life. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's brilliant. Some of these are, some of these are amazing. Oh, um, this made me fucking raw. The girl I babysit has made me watch Wally at least 10 times. So I assumed it was her favourite movie. Today, however, her mum told me that she watches it because she thinks it's my favourite movie. Oh, <laughs> That's so cute. That's lush, isn't it? But also very fucking hilarious. <laughs> this is fucking excellent. Wheel of Fortune today. The game show, remember the game show? Oh, yeah. Me. I'd like to buy a vowel, please, Pat. Pat, aren't you a millennial? Oh, of course. Sorry. I'd like to loan a vowel. <laughs> I'd like to rent a vowel, please. <laughs> <laughs> I ruined it because I said loan and meant to say rent. My bad. No, I got it. I, like, I got it. Socrates. To do is to be Plato. To be is to do Scooby. Dooby doo. <laughs> I love those ones where you're, you're trying to hold in the laugh so you can finish it. <laughs> you can see it on your face. It's brilliant. Oh, this, this made me laugh a lot as well. I see trees of green. Green trees there too. I see the trees and they are green. <laughs> and I think to myself, I am lost in these woods. <laughs> oh, fuck, I love that so much. I've been so excited to get that one out. <laughs> that shit's genius. I love, I love stuff like that so much. That. Oh, my days. Where am I going to stop there, Jamie? That's the question. Oh, that I can't tell you. I'm going to stop in a couple more. couple more. All right. Ready? Okay. Oh, fuck me. These are great. <laughs> Writer. I've killed off dozens of people before. Person. What? Writer. <laughs> Don't worry. I'm an author. Person. Oh, great. <laughs> Writer pulling out a knife. <laughs> but I'm also a serial killer. <laughs> Oh, I just gave me an idea for a film. Anyway, a serial, a serial killer that kills people and then writes his murders as they're a, as it's a book, and it's like a bestseller. But really, he's actually should, doing it. You shouldn't have put that on the ether. You should have cut it to oh, yourself. What a great idea that is! It is a great idea, but you shouldn't have said it out loud. Copyright Jamie West for twenty twenty two. Two more, two more, Jamie. All right. Okay. This one's for my other half, Keris, because I know she'll absolutely adore and love this idea with all of her heart. A princess bride-themed restaurant. Okay. Way to say, as you wish. After taking your order, finish the pheasant in an hour, your meal is free. 
Come in a wheelbarrow, your meal is 10% off. Sorry, what? Every so often, the hostess will say, bye-bye, boys, have fun storming the castle as people are leaving. Miracle Max's cure for the mostly dead is on the menu. It's a giant chocolate cake ball. They sell anybody want a peanut brittle at the door. <laughs> Hello, my name is Inyogo Montoya. I'll be your server. Prepare to dine. <laughs> That's clever. <laughs> Instead of large, you get an item of unusual size. People on their anniversary get to listen to the rip. A recitation of the Marwich speech. I don't really know the Princess Bride that well. I recognised a few of those references. I need to re-watch that film. She's actually just texted me saying, I love that you talk about the Princess Bride. (laughs) (laughs) I love that. I'm obviously being quite loud. Uh, No, apparently so. And finally, and finally, and I think this is a great way to end the journal this week. A great, this is a phenomenal way to end the journal this week for such an amazing episode that we have. As a mortician, I always tie the shoelaces together at the dead because if there's ever a zombie apocalypse, it'll be fucking hilarious. (laughs) (laughs) And that was another edition (laughs) of Tom's Journal. Oh, fucking superb. (laughs) I like that. I've seen Trees of Green is definitely my favourite. I've been waiting for that for so long. <laughs> I, I didn't know where that was going. If I did, I'm lost in the woods. Fucking brilliant. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Jamie. Yes. I love it. Just makes me laugh so much. But uh, yeah. I guess this is what I've been waiting for, isn't it? Oh, yeah, it is. This is the piece. The piece of resistance. Should we uh, should bring the piece in? I think we definitely should bring the piece in. Welcome to the Chronicles of Chesney Hawks. Yes. Yes, we know. All right. Anyway, everybody know who Chesney Hawks is. I don't even need to go into it, to be honest with you. We were so lucky and so privileged to be able to talk to the legend that is Chesney Hawks, the 90s icon teenage icon uh, that became an overnight sensation with his huge hit that's still out all over the world today there's not one person on this earth that doesn't know this track the one and only but this was nuts i remember booking this like i was stumbling upon an email address for him i was thinking you know this would be a laugh wouldn't it and then i was in the pub with my friends and i got the email back saying yeah sure let's set up a date i was like Holy shit, I'm going to talk to Chesney Hawks. Superb. Like, this interview is more than I even anticipated it being. We knew it'd be fun. Chesney's a great character. But my God, this is so much fun. Yeah, the the big brother, the master chef conversations are just out of this world. Uh, I'm a celebrity. There's some stuff in there that it's just a great interview. I, I don't, I, I kind of don't want to oversell it. I kind of no. want to be like, guys, you just need to watch the interview and check it out. But I think the most important thing that comes out of this that I need to push to everyone is Chesney is more than this one bloody song. Yes. <laughs> he has got a boxer album out called The Complete Picture. It's got all of his albums in it. Listen to it. Because genuinely, and I'm not just saying this because he's on our show, Genuinely, some incredibly great songs. He's an amazing voice. 
Like his songs are so well written, they're incredible. Please go check out Chesney's music because you won't be disappointed. There's some genuinely great songs in it, and he's a great human being. And yeah, I, I love this so much. Yeah, I mean, I don't think we should wait any longer. I'll leave it. You're spot yep. on, uh, Jamie. <laughs> yes, sir. Any final words? Just a massive thank you to Chesney for coming on. A massive thank you to Leanne from your team who we were dealing with this entire time to get this set up. It is an absolute honour to speak to you, sir. We enjoyed this so damn much. Chesney, thank you for taking the time out to sit down and chat to us. We know you're a very busy human, uh, but this is great. And I look forward to round two, sir. Oh, yes. Ladies and gentlemen, here we go. Ladies and gentlemen, interviewing this week, a man who needs no introduction. He is the one and only, it's Chesney Hawks. Anyway, here we are. Yeah, thank you so much for doing this, Ches. We really appreciate it massively. So I know you're obviously a very busy boy, so. um... it's Yeah, my pleasure, mate. My absolute pleasure. Straight off the bat, you're like, you're right, Ches. Yeah, sorry. Uh, yeah, exactly. Okay. Sorry. Sorry. <laughs> All right, Chezzers. What's going on, Ox? <laughs> Funnily enough, Ox is my nickname with, with uh, a lot of my friends and uh, and all my uh, nephews and stuff. They all call me Uncle Ox. Uh, you know, and it came from, I was at a stag do in Portugal and uh, a bunch of lads and we were all giving our passports to the, the guy at the hotel reception. And he's going, uh, Mr. McKenzie, Mr. Smith, Mr. Ox. <laughs> <laughs> and so I became Ox. That was it. <laughs> Super. That is fantastic. Yeah. <laughs> that'll be it that's for the rest of the show now. It's just gonna be, that's all the, the artwork's going to say that and everything. It's just going to be Ox. <laughs> Ox it is. That's fine. Uh, well, I answer to it. I answer to a few different things. That's one of them. Oh, okay. I won't answer to the one and only. Oh, yeah. I, obviously, obviously, that will be touched on, but I can imagine that probably gets quite like, yes, that is a song of mine. You do know I've got like four other albums, right? Like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it happens. Yeah. But no, it's not. I'm not like, uh, you know, bitter about it or anything like that at all. Uh, you know, I'm, I'm very proud of that record. And, uh, and uh, you know, it's obviously a, a huge part of my my career and my life. And um, you know, I, I've had ups and downs with it over the years. I have, you know, we, we fell out for a while. And uh, yeah, but these days we're like, you know, friends with benefits, should we say? Yeah, <laughs> <You know? laughs> that's a good way to look at it. But I, I, can, yeah. I can imagine it probably gets a bit like because I see so many people who associate you with just that track. Yeah. So. Yeah, it can be. I mean, you know, it's one of the questions I get is, it, is it an albatross around your neck or, or how do you feel about it? You know, so no, I love it now. And I've kind of like given up ownership of the of the, the records because, you know, so many p- people have like emotional connections with it, you know, and I, over the years I've had so many different, um, you know, letters and emails and, and uh, you know, social media messages to people that, you know, played at their blood brother's funeral or, you know, or it was played at their wedding or it was playing when, at, at a club when they met their girlfriend and now their wife, you know, just all sorts of stories you can imagine, you know. So so nowadays I feel like I'm more like the kind of 
custodian of of the record oh, okay. rather than you know what i mean <laughs> but but then you know i've been doing like these uh nostalgia uh festivals like your yeah, rewinds let's rocks and forever young and all that kind of stuff and you know when i play that song you can just feel the energy lift you know yeah. it's, it's just yeah. one of those songs and uh it's just had it's like a song with wings you know there's a little extra fairy dust uh, sprinkled on that fucker <laughs> 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 right before we get started i like to do a little introduction to wow people to our listeners and then as tom likes to say we just bombard the living hell out of your questions how does that say you got it ladies and gentlemen today we bring you quite frankly a pop culture legend today's guest released a song when he was 19 years old that cemented his place into pop culture history and a beloved figure known all over the world his career has given him amazing opportunities and moments in the world of music and beyond Boys and girls, this week we bring you the one and only, because these are the Chronicles of Chesney Hawks. <laughs> <laughs> what a lovely intro. Thank you. Yeah. You worked hard on that one, didn't you? I did. I did. <laughs> I'm um, very proud of you, Jamie. I'm very oh. proud of you. <laughs> That's good. That's been said at my funeral now. Chesney Hawks, we're proud of him. <laughs> we all loved him. <laughs> um... But I suppose we should get down to the nitty gritty straight away. Loved him, but was proud. <laughs> um, sure. Sorry, my um, internet's having an absolute mare at the moment, so I do apologise massively about that. So if I'm interrupting you, I don't mean to. Um, how was the last couple of years for you, sir, during the pandemic season? Oh, yeah. Well, I mean, as everybody... Um, well, you know, has, has different stories about the pandemic. But for, for me, um, you know, my work stopped. So um, I had a whole full schedule that that year and the year after. <laughs> yeah. And uh, basically, I'm used to being away from home on tour, you know, pretty much, I don't know, three quarters of the time. Yeah. And, uh, you know, I, I've never been home for that a length of time um you know ever so you know certainly since my kids were, were little you know and so it was actually in many ways it was really nice I had uh I had time with the kids you know we we, we had uh all sorts of like family things that we wouldn't have done it was it's yeah. just actually really nice you know just <laughs> dinners together and just take the dogs for a walk together and you know we even had like board games and like at one point I think we had a we had a jigsaw puzzle across the, the dining room table for like three months of that <laughs> through the lockdowns, you know. Uh, and I don't know, it was just kind of really nice. I I, I was uh, I kind of didn't want it to end in that in that respect, except yeah. except for that I needed to earn some money. <laughs> you, know, <laughs> you know, a lot of people got similar stories, haven't they? Where it felt like, you know, just kind of getting off the train for a second, and I was like, oh wow. I can actually breathe for a little bit here. And, you know, I don't have to rush around like a blue ass fly. And um, I can actually do some stuff that I want to do here now. So I ended up like I, I started a podcast, you know, I wrote, <laughs> I finished an album. Uh, I finished a musical that I've been working on. Uh, I put together a box set. Uh, I mean, it's just so much, so much got done. Um, I started a bloody TV show, like, you know, from my, from my studio. Um, so I, it was, you know, it was really nice to be able to kind of do the things that I had put aside because I'm too busy touring and stuff like that. Um, and spend time with, with kids. It was great. 
Yeah, it's almost like a recharge of the batteries, but you are forced to recharge your batteries. It's like you are forced to enjoy yourself and have spent time with your kids. Yeah, must yes. have been <laughs> yeah no, it was, it was great. You know, it's funny for, for like the last 10 years since I moved to the States, um, I've, I've been kind of I've been kind of banging on about the fact that I want to balance my life a bit more because I don't really like spending a time away from my family. Uh, you know, as much as I love being on tour and, and playing, you know, playing music, I love it. But I've been trying to figure out a way to do it. And then global pandemic. So hopefully I didn't manifest that for you guys. I apologize if I did. (laughs) It's one thing I love though. A lot of the people we talk to, because obviously people are in the world of entertainment and they're busy all the time. They're like, not gonna lie. I've really enjoyed that two years. I got to chill out for a bit. Yeah. No, you always feel embarrassed saying it to be quite honest, you know, uh, because there's so many people that suffered so, so horribly. And I've got friends, you know, you know, that, that live in a bed sit in, in Balham or whatever and, and just couldn't go out. And they, you know, my, one of my friends has got two kids that, he, he, you know, he's a broken family and he couldn't, he couldn't see them. And he was just stuck oh. inside this bed sit for, for like a year and a half, you know, and I couldn't imagine what that, that's like. At least I was with the people I love the most. And, uh, you know, that, that really made it uh, quite a special time for me. So take us back, sir, when you were young Master Hawks growing up. What did you want to be when you grew up? Was it always entertainment? It was always music. Uh, my dad always says I came out singing. Um, <laughs> it was just, <laughs> I didn't scream. I hit a high <laughs> F. <laughs> um, yeah, so uh, <laughs> I just... Uh, yeah, a I, 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 proper job that I ever had was a paper boy, but I was Billy Ocean's paper boy. So, you know, that just, uh, that just <laughs> says it all, really, doesn't it? Yes, <laughs> yeah. He lived what in the road awesome next to boy. us. I know. I know. Isn't that funny? We talk, because now, now I'm doing these kind of heritage uh, circuits, and, and of course, I bump into Billy now and again in fact we're managed by the same manager so we have a laugh about that you know and i always tell him i know you were a good you were a good tipper he always gave me 20 quid at christmas oh nice <laughs> <laughs> uh, your parents are entertainers your brothers your sister you're all entertainers in your family aren't you is that right yeah yeah I, my dad was in the tremolos you know very big bands mm. in the seven in the 60s and 70s and um you know all his all his dad's mates were rock and roll stars like uh you know, Jerry Marsden was was uh, one of dad's best mates. And, um, you know, Josie Beaky, Mick and Titch and the Marmalade and the Searchers and Herman's Hermits. They were always kind of like hanging around the house. And dad would always have like these mass, mad parties. And my mum was like a um, game show hostess, actress. You know, they met on this thing called The Golden Shop, which was a Bob Monkhouse uh, TV show that your, your, if you have older listeners would, would know what that is. <laughs> she was, she was the gold, one of the golden girls on the golden shots. That's how they met. Um, so I grew up in a very rock and roll household. And, and of course, you know, because of that, the three of us um, kids, we weren't, we were never going to become accountants. You know, it was, <laughs> yeah. it was so Jody, my bro is a drummer and it's been my drummer since day one. Um, you know, amongst other people he's played with, uh, Robert Plant, you know, he played with uh, Deacon Blue. He's, he's, you know, he's he's quite an in-demand drummer, and my sister is a singer-songwriter. So yeah, that was that was always going to be our path. <laughs> That's so cool, like because obviously families normally it's like, oh, you should be a doctor, you should be a pilot, you should be an astronaut, or whatever. But then uh, this is like the complete opposite way around. It's like if you don't get into entertainment, Chesney, I swear to God. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's like the family business. Yeah, yeah, it's <laughs> taking quite over amazing. It's quite amazing how three of you, none of you rebelled and were like, no, I'm having a normal life. I'm becoming a vet. 
<laughs> no, it's, it's true. Uh, having said that, having said that, my brother over the, he, about how long ago now, maybe 15 years ago, uh, drumming wasn't kind of doing it for him as far as like, you know, financially. So he got this little part time job working for the council. And now he is he's still there. So he has so he's like a part time for, uh, working for the council. So he's like he's a civil servant stroke rock drummer. I'm sure there's not many of them. <laughs> That's incredible. So I'm guessing your dad must have been like a huge influence on your career because obviously you and your dad released the song together during the, in the past couple of years, a cover of uh, Cat Stevens' Father and Son, didn't you? Yeah, that was a long time ago, actually, Jamie. That was more like kind of 20 years ago now, I think. Oh, uh, okay. But right. yeah, because it was like one of those things that it was like a family thing that we used to rec- um, uh, play that song. It was like a little family gimmick thing, you know, like parties or whatever. Like, we thought, has, has anyone ever actually that our f- father and son ever re- ever uh, recorded that song? You know, and so years later, we decided to record it. It was actually in the middle of a, a, a recording session for one of my albums and I, dad came in one day and I was like you know we've got everything set up here we've got Jodie on the drums and should we just do a little version of father and son just for the fuck of it <laughs> and so so we did and uh, and it was you know it, it was something that people really liked so we, I, I ended up re- uh, releasing it as just just to put it out there you know and people it, people really responded to it and I, we ended up doing it I did a tour with dad um gosh probably five years ago now um and uh, we did half tremolos and half mine uh little uh theaters and things like that and we we did that song as well so yeah it's kind of followed us around <laughs> that's amazing so other than obviously family inspiration which has anybody else sort of influenced you in the way of music or was it literally just through your family oh i mean as as any artist will will say that you're influenced by everything uh, around uh, around them i mean i yeah, I, I discovered my dad's vinyl collection at a very young age. Uh, and as you can probably imagine, it was pretty great. You know, it was like all yeah. Beatles and Kinks and Stevie Wonder and, um, you know, Elvis Costello was in there, you know. Um, so, I mean, I I fell in love with the Beatles at a very young age, at like eight, you know, seven, eight, nine years old. And I remember really, really well when John Lennon uh, was shot. I was nine years old, you know, and... Uh, and it really affected me because I had learned Imagine on the piano. It was like the first thing I'd ever learned, a uh, song I'd ever learned. And the piano that we had in our front room used to belong to John Lennon. <laughs> That's another crazy story. Yeah. 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 It's, uh, I'll, I'll tell you the story. It basically, um, um, yeah. So he was working at Titnus Park uh, recording something. And uh, so John Lennon had just sold the place to Ringo and moved to New York at this point. Point. And he turned up to work one day, and there was a, uh, a beautiful baby grand piano sitting out on the on the grass in the rain. So he thought that's a bit weird. And he, <laughs> when he came in, he he asked the uh, the engineer, uh, Mike O'Donnell, who's a family friend, uh, what's going on with the with the piano out there. And he said, Oh, yeah, it's it's actually John's, but Ringo doesn't want it, so he's just put it out on the on the grass for now, as you do. <laughs> and so I know. So Dad said, uh, could well uh, could you ask Ringo uh you know what what he wants to do with it or you know I'll take it. He did that, you know. So he he the next day um he came in he said did you ask Ringo? And he said, oh yeah, yeah you can take it if you want. So my dad got out like literally found a van as soon as he possibly could backed it up to the lawn, shoved this baby grand in the back of this van 
and um, took it back to us. And, and that's the piano that I learned to play on. No way. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's imagine mad, isn't it? So that was in my... Imagine that. Ah, uh, see what you did there. <laughs> <laughs> so that piano was in our... It was in our front room for my whole childhood. And then when my parents moved out of that big, big house... Um, I inherited it to, and it, it sat in my front room and my kids started playing on it and stuff. Then when I moved to the States 10 years after that, I gave it to Nick Kershaw. It's <laughs> <So, laughs> nuts. I know, I know, it's mad. Oh, no. oh, that's amazing. So do you reckon Ringo started a trend because there's pianos everywhere now and train stations and tube stops. <laughs> so he obviously started something there. He did. He, he, was, a, he was an early adopter. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I don't want this. I'm just going to leave it outside, see who takes it. Yeah, <laughs> I know. Suddenly Ringo was from, from Birmingham. Yeah, 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 I tried. It was a terrible Beatles impression, but I tried. It's all that. It sounded good in my head, though, when it did out loud. Like, that was awful. <laughs> so, oh, I don't want to talk about it too much, because no doubt you've discussed it a million bazillion times in your, in your life, but we probably should talk about the song. So, all right. for those that don't know... How did you perform in that album and the subsequent song for the in the film happen? Because it was written by Nick Kershaw, is that right? Yeah, he wrote the the one and only. Yeah, yeah. Uh, well, it all came that all came about through um, I. Well, I auditioned for this film, uh, Buddy Song, uh, because and the reason I auditioned for that film, I'd never acted for in my life, um, is because Buddy, the character, was a singer songwriter. It was very kind of musical based, and I thought that's the possibility of a, the elusive record deal at the end of that. Um, I'll give it a go. And, uh, and I just went for it and it was like, you know, a casting call, like an X factor audition or something. And, uh, you know, thousands of kids and everything, but I was just lucky, you know, I was right for the part. I, I was right age to be Roger's son. I could play piano. I play guitar. I could sing, uh, you know, uh, and apparently I could act. I had no idea about that, you know? So, uh, so we made the film, and um, and then uh, there was a soundtrack to be made from the film. So that's that's where it all came from. And we we recorded all the songs from the film, and then the record company were like, "This is we love it. We just think maybe there's a couple of songs more that you know extra, maybe a single or something." And and that's where the one and only came along. And my dad found it actually because he knew Nick Kershaw's uh, publisher. And uh, he brought it to us in the team, and uh, I, I was like, "Well, I really want to meet Nick Kershaw." That was my, that was my reason for wanting to, to do the song. Uh, I still got the cassette my dad brought home. Actually, it's got you know, about fifteen songs on it, and a little. I put a little asterisk by by the one and only, and another song called Oxygen. And anyway, so we played. We were recording at Abbey Road, and we we played it um, at Abbey Road Studio Three in front of everyone. Roger was there. All the film producers and um, and the record producers and management and you know record company. There's too many people, and it was went down like a lead balloon. To be honest, people right. didn't really think it was right for the project, and you know, uh, I guess a lot of people kind of in the film side of it wanted to keep it in house and you know keep the songs written by us. And you know, I had a few songs on there. And they were like, you could write something. I was like, well, I'll give it a go. But anyway, so I, I went back like, you know, slightly dejected um, because I thought I'm not going to meet Nick Kershaw now. Oh, well. Oh. So, <laughs> so over the weekend, the record company, um, uh, the, my A&R man, actually, Peter Robinson, he, call, he called uh, Dad and said, all right, maybe, maybe uh, we've got something here. Let's get the boys' vocal on it. And so the next week I 
I found myself back at Abbey Road and Nick was there. I got to meet Nick and uh, we recorded it and that was it. You know, it was like, ah, oh, that sounds like a hit. <laughs> you know, so. Did, did anyone expect for it to be as massive as it is? Uh, I don't think there's ever any expectation of that for a new artist, really. You know, it was because it was my first record. Um, you know, I think every, I think people in, you know, in the record company would just would have been happy if it was top 40, you know. Um, yeah. Uh, I mean, for me, I, I I didn't know what to expect, and and it was like instantly like, oh, I'm a pop star. <laughs> so I went from being, <laughs> I went from being like the guy that plays piano in the corner of a pub, um, which is what I, you know, and I'd never ever thought of myself as, you know, heartthrob type of thing, or you know, or, or how it ended up being marketed. Uh, I was just a musician and a songwriter, and that's I always wanted to do that, and that's I never had anything else in my mind. But but then one and only came out, and then suddenly I was like, you know, this teen pop star. Um, so it just and it happened so quickly. I went from literally playing at the Wells Pub on the Saturday to you know selling out Wembley Arena the next the next week or whatever. It was ridiculous. Like, it was just oh mad. My days. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Cool. yeah. It was mad. <laughs> Yeah, it was a, a, a very much um, a juxtaposition for like life before and life afterwards. It really was. Yeah. How do you cope with that fame though that come with it? Obviously, you're 19 years old and that came out. I'm not sure how I'd feel like going for, as you said, playing in the corner of a pub scene. My poster is on like every teen girl's wall in the entire fucking country. Yeah, that was weird. Uh, I, as I said before, I came from a slightly rock and roll background, so. You know, my dad's friends were famous. Dad had some kind of fame, you know. Uh, so it wasn't weird. Fame wasn't weird in, its, in itself, like the idea of it, if you know what I mean. Like, you know, because yeah. I knew people that were famous. But when it happens to you, uh, it kind of knocks everything out of the water. Like, you, it really is like being in the eye of a storm, you know. Um, when you have that kind of success, especially with a record I guess the same happens with a, with film stars, like you know, like when Leo DiCaprio first made it in the Titanic, and like and and it, and it was like, you know, yeah. you're in like one, you you don't realize, but you, you lose everything that's like where your life was before. Like it, it's just all got. It's just like okay, just kiss goodbye to that. Whatever, whatever trajectory <laughs> you were on before, that's not happening anymore. You know, and you can't. You know, it's like I couldn't just do normal things like go to the pub or. You know, all my friends was going to university at that point, you know, and it's like all those rites of passage and, you know, and I, I missed out on that. But I, 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 you know, had an incredible experience. And, you know, at one point I think I did, it was like I counted seven countries in one day um, because you have to try, you literally have to be everywhere at once. It's mad. So there were times when I would get up in the morning um, or I'd be woken up in the morning and uh, I'd be like, oh, where am I? And they're like, oh, you, yeah, we're in New York. We're, we're going back to, to London today. We've got a uh, you know, TV show there. Then, we're gonna, then you're going to go to Sweden uh, for a radio interviews. And then we have a gig um, in Belgium. I was like, oh, OK, let's do it. You know, and that's kind of what it was like for a couple of years. It was pretty mental. Yeah. That's, I miss you were knackered by that. I was like, it's just in Belgium. Oh, like, yeah. <laughs> give me a minute. Yeah, and I'd be like, hello, New York. No. Where am I? <laughs> <laughs> what, what language do you guys speak? <laughs> All right, okay. 
It's yeah. like some guy standing in front of you the name of the country written on a piece of card. <laughs> <laughs> well, I literally used to do. We used to have a, a sign on the side on the the side fields, like um, with the with the town's name, because that that happened a lot. I know it's kind of one of those, you know, funny things that you hear like from Spinal Tap. Hello, Cleveland. You know, when <laughs> when they're in Baltimore or something. Yeah. You know, but that's true. That really happens. They used to put like you know names of the, of the town you're on in the side fields and the wedges, so that you can you know, screw it up. That's nuts. But what is it about that song do you think connected to people the way it did? Because as I said in my intro, it's part of pop culture forever. I don't know anyone that doesn't know you or that song. Yeah. Uh, I don't know what it is exactly. Um, but uh, I feel like there was there's a little bit of extra fairy dust being, being kind of like sprinkled on that song. Um, it's it's just a maybe the self empowerment in the in the lyric itself um, helps. It's a um, it's a very interesting song, pop song, because it's not your as a musician um, you would know this, but it's not your average pop song. You know, like a lot of the time these songs are like you know most pop songs are like you know four song four chords and the truth. You know, it, it's really what it is. But but the one and only it's in it's in four different keys for a start so it's a very clever song like really really interestingly mu- interesting musically um but it just kind of i don't know it, it comes together in this amazing work of art you know as far as the song goes so, i mean i've always been a massive nick kershaw fan and you, I, for me you can always tell a nick kershaw song um and i've learned so much from him over the years writing with him um but I don't know, I, you know, it's, it's like if we knew what, what uh, the ingredients were for a, a massive international, you know, <laughs> a cultural phenomenon hit, I think we would do it again. <laughs> you know, it's just one of those things. Timing, I guess the timing was really, really good. And every, you know, any time there's a massive hit like that, everything has to come together. You know, yeah, it's the bright people at the right uh, timing it's like the, you know the team has to be correct you know the timing of the zeitgeist has to be right it just uh, it always came together I guess and you know I didn't play after that kind of period I didn't play it for many years um, like right all the way through the 90s you know I, I kind of formed bands uh, you know I thought I was radio I thought I was in Radiohead but I just wanted to be in Radiohead you know I just, I, I just like shoe gazed and turned up to 11 and told anyone to bugger off if they asked for one another <laughs> um, uh, but you know but that's that was the period where we'd kind of fallen out me and the song you know and uh, we we got back together again kind of in the early noughties turning the millennium when um, I didn't I actually didn't even go out as me you know, I, I had different band names and stuff like that. But then I got offered a couple of gigs in a, a uni, you know, universities up, up and down the country. I can't remember where it was. I do. It was in uh, Nottingham and Lincoln, I think, first two. And I was very trepidatious because I thought people would have forgotten the song and forgotten me because it was like 10 years later, you know. But I, I didn't need to worry because when I what I didn't realize what was, what was happening in those 10 years is that the song was being kind of handed down. It became like a student anthem. Um, and yeah. these kids knew it. They really, they they would have been nine, ten years old when the song came out, and then here they are, eighteen, nineteen, and it was like, you know, a fresh playing a fresher ball, and they were all like singing back to me, and I had pictures of my face on their t-shirt. <laughs> it was just weird because uh, you, you don't you don't expect something that you do, especially as a young man or a young person, you don't realize that time um, equals cult. 
<laughs> you know, it's like <laughs> becomes iconic, and I, and and that's a really only time does that. You know, it's weird because I was definitely not cool through the nineties. You know, uh, as far as like you know in the media and stuff, I got a lot of shit and. And, you know, I, I was that kind of pop teeny thing that people thought I was, you know, a lot of people thought that I was like that one hit wonder thing and I was probably a puppet and I was, I was probably marketed by, you know, Stock Aiken and Waterman or whatever, and, you know, and that and none of that's true. You know, I was always a, a real musician and I played all my instruments and everything else and, and I was always a singer. But, um, you know, it's funny how time just kind of changes how people feel about a certain time in the in their life. You know what I mean? So, yeah. so that song and that record became iconic over the years, and and as time goes on, it it has carried on that way. You know, I mean, sometimes that doesn't happen. You know, and I'm very lucky to have something like that in my career, uh, and I'm very grateful for it. I really am, and kind of humbled about by it actually, because it's it's kind of weird. You know, there's so many people out there that have emotional connections to, to that, that record and that time in their life. Um, so when I play it now, it becomes like, uh, it's more of just an energy, you know, and people just, they, you know, you see the energy when I start playing it and, and it's, it's amazing. I, you know, and as I said, I'm very grateful for it now. I mean, it got played in a lot of clubs. Um, I think it's played, I think it's it gets played now, but it's like the killers, Mr. Brightside now joined you up there. Uh, yes. like that, that's like the, like the <laughs> naughties version of what yours was in the 90s yes, yeah. totally totally yeah Mr. Brightside and Sex on Fire yes, okay, yes. Really, yeah yeah it's another one yeah. <laughs> totally but I mean this in the most, like, most respectful ways like, why is it you think those subsequent singles afterwards just didn't hit on that sound because don't get me wrong they are not bad I'm a man not a boy is an incredible song I would you know well, thank you. What's wrong with this picture? It just makes me want to dance like crazy. I was listening to it while I was on the train, and I was just like, "Don't dance, don't dance." <laughs> <laughs> you know, they're great songs. I, I don't get what yeah. it was that didn't connect. Uh, I don't know. Uh, I, I, it's 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 very difficult to kind of pinpoint, um, you know, why some things go and some things don't. Um, I think what I was talking about earlier on the kind of timing uh, of things, uh, you know, maybe. I look back on those times. I'm, I'm not one for regrets, and I'm certainly, you know, I don't regret anything that happened in, in my life, and, and what got me to where I am now has made me who I am, and I'm very happy. So I'm, I don't, I'm not saying this through any filter of bitterness, but um, perhaps, you know, um, perhaps there was uh, a little bit of overexposure to me for me at that particular moment. I did everything. I was on everything. I was on every cover. I, I was on more front covers at that particular time than like new kids on the block and, you know, or anyone, uh, you know, I was, I was the guy for that year in, in that world, you know, and, mm. and I feel like, um, you know, maybe I was even fed up with seeing my face, you know, so maybe, <laughs> you know, the public, probably got a little bit fed up with me and and maybe you know got the little wrong end of the stick with me too because it's easy to to take one song like that and say that's that's him that's what he is now let's put him in that little box um and of course that's never true for any artist um and uh, you know i had a lot more to give um and so you know when 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 those records follow-up records didn't didn't really do uh what the one and only did um you know it, it I, as, as a young man, I, I was like, oh, I thought this is what happened. You know, you put a record out, oh, it goes to number one. All right, let's do another one. You know, yeah. <laughs> it, 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 and of course, it doesn't always work like that. 
And uh, I, I don't know what it is, what what what, what it was. Um, but you know, I could pinpoint some things. But uh, who knows? Who friggin' knows? Uh, you know, who knew what the world had in store for me? But you know, I also say that like, you know, if I hadn't, if I had carried on with that kind of level of fame and that kind of you know craziness, uh, I probably wouldn't have met my wife, and I would give all of that up for for meeting my wife. So that's the old sliding doors argument, isn't it? Oh, all, those, all those girls that followed you when you were a teenager is like, oh, he's still so lovely. He's a lovely boy. <laughs> <laughs> what I love about you, though, and, you know, we just touched on it then, is even though you've had those setbacks and, you know, you went out there and you, you performed under different band names, but you never gave up and still carried on making music. What was it that made you determined to carry on and just follow that passion? Well, Honestly, I, I think that's part of my uh, personality. I'm a very, uh, I'm a very driven person, and I always was. As a kid, I was like that, you know, um, um, very tenacious. You know, I, 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 I realized that when you have knockbacks, and of course, even before I made it, I had knockbacks, and you just have to kind of like get yourself up, dust yourself off, and keep going. Um, there's the other side of it is that I love music. I fucking love it. And I always have it and I always will. And it's like, I, you know, it's the, it's my, it's my first love. You know, it's, I, I get up thinking about music. I think, you know, I can't pass a guitar without picking it up. I can't, if I pass the piano, I have to play a chord of the day of some sort. <laughs> you know, I'm, I've always got melodies in my head. Uh, maybe because I grew up in music. I don't know, but. You know, I, I've, I can't, I could never do anything else for a living, you know. And I've always been so grateful that I'm able to make a living out of playing music. I and mean, that's pretty friggin' amazing, you know. I remember Roger Daltrey said that to me once. He said, fancy getting paid for what you love. And I was like, that actually went right into my soul when he said that. You know, I was like, yep, you're absolutely right. How fucking lucky are we? You know, so. Well, I mean... You, you, you're, a, you're a dab hand in loads of other things, though, though Chesney. You've been worshipped on Big Brother. You've cooked, I have. On, you've cooked on MasterChef. You were meant to do uh, a bit of dancing on ice, but uh, you had a certain instant that, you know, is there anything that you actually can't do? <laughs> <laughs> oh, well, I'm sure there's loads. I can't fix boats. And my, my, I'm uh, looking, out, <laughs> looking out the window here, these two guys fixing my dad's boat. And, uh, yeah, that, that's not something I could do. Um <laughs> Uh, yeah, it's funny these days when you're a celebrity. I say that in inverted commas. Um, you 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 do anything but what you became famous for, you know. So as as you say, I'm like Master Chef. Like, you know, I, I started my like reality TV stuff. I did the, a show called The Games where I was like training to be uh, you know Olympic athlete, and it was mad. I was like, what? I know, I was like, I was ten meter diving. That was mad. I was. That was crazy. Water ski jumping, I did that. Yeah. Uh, as you say, dancing. I always get injured. I injured myself doing the games. I ripped all the cartilage out of my hip. Yeah. So I, you know, I've set myself up for future, uh, you know, <laughs> problems there. And uh, broke, I broke my leg doing like dancing on ice, and and uh, like really injured my ankle. Like another, you know, ligaments snapped and all that kind of shit. Oh. And so, you know, my wife's like, right, you're not doing any reality TV show anymore. That's it. <laughs> no, especially, especially anything where you have to actually, you know, run around or do stuff. Like, that's why she let me do MasterChef. I said, well, I could have cut my finger off. <laughs> <laughs> you know. 
<laughs> I remember standing next to Tom from The Wanted because he was in the MasterChef when I did it. Uh, God rest his soul, by the way. He, he yeah. passed away recently. Yeah. I'm so sad to see that. Yeah. Um, same same as Sarah Harding. She was with us as well on that on that show. It's just awful. Anyway, I'll go I'll digress. So we were doing this a baking challenge, and he put his bloody hand inside the friggin' blender chopped his bloody finger nearly off yeah so Ooh. so I, I know so maybe it's me because i was standing right <laughs> near him when he did it you know i mean so yeah so i've been banned i've been banned so sorry anton deck you, you know i'm not <laughs> eating kangaroo anus for anyone oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> wait till the, the announcement later this year in the jungle chesney hawks ah I am always up for a challenge, so I never say never. Yeah, so no, Antidec, if you are listening, yeah, you, I, 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 you know my number, you know my digits. <laughs> you must have had some bizarre requests over the years for little things like that, especially like with the Big Brother thing and whatnot. Oh, that was weird, as you say, being worshipped by uh, Latoya Jackson and Coolio and <laughs> Terry Terry Christian. So, <laughs> For those of you, your listeners that don't know what the hell we're talking about, I, there, there was a Big Brother about 10 years ago or so uh, where they used the one and only in a challenge. And every time the, the song came on really loud, apparently, and it came on like in the middle of the night when they were asleep at three in the morning <laughs> or something like that, they had to, they must have fucking hated me. They had to <laughs> get, stop what they were doing or get up and just go into the garden and they had to worship at, at a weird shrine that they'd made with my face on it and they were all like you know getting down on their knees and like praying and stuff it was so weird and they did that for a whole week and then at the end of that week they asked if i would come down to Bora wood to where they were filming it uh, and i said well, what do you need me to do and they we want you <laughs> i can't even know i'm saying this we want you in a cherry picker crane to be like raised above the garden while the one and only's playing. <laughs> and then I, I just kind of like, I don't know, I look down at my subjects or something. <laughs> and, I look, and that's what happened. They, they raised me up again, above the, the, the uh, garden. And then I look down and there's Latoya Jackson, uh, there's Coolio, there's T Terry Christian, uh, Tina Malone, I can't remember who else was there. And they were all literally like worshipping me and going, Chesney! I was like, okay. I don't think my life could get any more surreal than this. <laughs> <laughs> we just imagine that initial call to be like, you what now? That's you want me what? to what? Where, where, where? Yeah. <laughs> That's what it was like. It's very oh, weird. I love it. And there's actually, there's, a, there's an addendum to that story because um, that was obviously the, the, the last uh, day of that, of that particular challenge. Then they had this, this weird uh, shrine and they were like, would you want it? I was like, uh, not really. But my, my, but my mum said, I want it. So they live on the river, right? So it got delivered to my mum and dad's place on the river. And they put this shrine out on, on the decking of the river, on the dock there, right? So all these people were going past and they're seeing this, what looks like a frigging shrine to me. And, and so then have people go, going past and saying, is Chesney dead? <laughs> <laughs> so they had to take it away, you know. 
No, I, I remember my mum once told this story of like there's this whole bunch of squaddies going past on the boat and they were like, what's the matter with Chesney? What's wrong with Chesney? <laughs> and she's like, no, no, he's fine. He's my son. He's my son. And this was from Blair to explain the whole bloody thing. It's for Big Brother. And then this happened. And, uh, and so they came, they came over and, they, and my mum sent me this picture. I live in the States now and I got this picture uh, of about 15 squaddies with my mum at the shrine. <laughs> Oh, classic. I've made it. I don't, you know, you've made it in life when that when that happens. When you got fifty squares well, exactly. in the shrine of you. That's it. Life complete. You don't have to live in music anymore. I'm, I'm done. That's I'm it. done. What's happened to Chen? Nothing. I'm just a very proud mother. Yeah, that's exactly <laughs> it. Exactly. So funny. Oh, oh my days. But, oh god. It's Karen, what we were saying earlier. You know, you never gave up on music. You continued that passion to point now. Six studio albums. Oh, oh now we've. We lost Jamie for a minute oh, there. He, 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 you, you're back again. Go on, carry on. Yeah. I say, to carry on what we were saying earlier, I was like, you know, you carried that passion onto the point. You've got six studio albums. And the thing that we wanted to ask you about today is you've just released a box set called The Complete Picture. Yes. So can you tell us more about the set, what's in it, and why you decided to put something like this together? Uh, well, as I said, it was kind of through uh, the pandemic that um, the record company actually um, um, approached me and said, you know, do you want to maybe put together kind of, you know, all of your albums into one thing, into a box set? I was like, eh, never really thought about that. But yeah, it, it was 30 years since the one and only at that point. Um, and uh, I thought, well, well, yeah, why not? It, you know, it might be, for me, it was like a way that I could kind of like show that I hadn't just I disappeared and become a taxi driver or, or ended up in porn or something. <laughs> you know, so... <laughs> I was like, wouldn't surprise me <laughs> <laughs> no, no well there was this one there was this one time you want to see you I <laughs> very good oh my god uh, so yeah so I, obviously once an artist always an artist I never stopped I always I carried on making music I carried on writing music making records and I've got an amazing beautiful fan base that, that have stuck with me and have carried on um, you know coming to my gigs and buying my records and everything else so yeah I, I, I thought it was a good point to kind of draw a line there under 30 years since the one and only um, and, and put this thing together I've got a new album that I'm bringing out next year and I thought you know th this is an interesting point in my career I've just turned 50 um, and I thought uh, you know why not they, they, also the record company were willing to uh, to put it together and pay for it I was like yeah I guess oh. why not <laughs> you know Perfect. so 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 we did it and and it was actually really really well received and I and since uh, we put that that box set out um, I've had a lot of people discovering songs that I put that I'd written in the, in the meantime, if you know what I mean. And that, you know, I had a, a really lovely, lovely message uh, a couple of days ago, actually from some guy who found my song, John Lennon lived here, which is um, a song I wrote uh, about first time I went to New York. And, you know, I've told you a little bit about my, about my John Lennon kind of history. Um, and uh, it's it, within my fan base and my, my songs, uh, that is probably my most requested song apart from the one and only. Uh, but it's nice that it's getting a little bit of, you know, some of my other music is getting recognition too, you know. And uh, and I, I've, as an artist, found that really kind of rewarding, you know, that's, that's really nice. Uh, so, yeah, that's that. There's my reasonings. There you go. So, oh, so, sorry, Jay. I was just going to say, are there any songs off the box that you really suggest people to go check out? Something in your back catalogue, you're like, I'm really proud of this song. Because personally, I'm going to say, don't just stand there. Great song. Oh, cool. Yeah, no, I've always liked that song as well. Um, 
Yeah, I mean, there's loads of, you know, as an artist, I mean, you know, they're like your babies, aren't they? So um, I, I really like my my album, Real Life Love, uh, which which I recorded in, in Norway. Um, and it's a very kind of an introspective album, kind of a little bit more mellow than you would expect from each of the Hawks record, <laughs> as it were. Um, uh, you know, that, that record has John Lennon lived here on it. There's a song... Um, there's a song on there called uh, "Caught Up in Circles," which uh, is another song that is I'm always getting requested. Um, there's a song there on that record, uh, uh, "Flashback Heroin," which I'm very proud of. I mean, you know, it's hard. It's I can't uh, I can't choose. It's like trying to choose a favourite child. <laughs> <laughs> and it's this person. Um, yeah. <laughs> I do have a favourite child, but I wouldn't tell any of them. Yeah. <laughs> That's, just how, that's how the game works, isn't it? That's how, that's how that's, it's yeah. always it's always the one that asks you. Oh, it's definitely you. Yeah, so it's you. Oh. Yeah, it's for sure. Yeah. It's you. Yeah. Um, but funny that you mentioned uh, caught up in circles as well. That's exactly what I was just about to say because I was listening to that album um, and I, I really, really loved and enjoyed caught up in circles and always have, always will. Um, but like <laughs> yeah. I said, it's a very black, it's much more mellow, and I was just I was just really it's one of those things I get I got just got lost listening to it. Like just it was, yeah, love it, brilliant, absolutely. Oh great, no thank you. I mean a lot of those you know it's with any songs. As you get older, you, you become a little bit more introspective in your life, and uh, you know a lot of them really come from the heart and really mean something. You know, and it's and it's no different with this latest album that I'm putting out. Uh, hopefully, early next year. Um, you know, sometimes songs just have to come out. It's like a cathartic yeah. thing, you know. And a lot of those songs on that record uh, would, would like that, for sure. Do you have uh, moments where you're, like, in the shower or somewhere where you've got no access to your phone or whatever and you start singing a melody in your head and you're like, oh, my God, let's get this down. Um, <laughs> oh, yeah, definitely. Oh, that, that happens a lot, yeah. And I've done that where I've actually woken up singing something or, or you know had a dream where i'm writing something or i'm even in the studio and i'm recording something that is new like whatever and i've actually w I've woken up and i have to kind of like force myself to get up and and get my phone or, or write it down or something like that and some of those have actually become songs it's crazy oh. so it just shows you how much your your kind of subconscious mind is working at all times you know like it's it's amazing and, and it's like um sometimes these songs you feel like did i write that or did it just kind of arrive it just kind of like come from somewhere you know that's the that's one of the things i love about what i do like in any any kind of creative arts you know it's like a painter who walks into a room with a blank canvas and walks out with a masterpiece or or you know just a thing it's you know and I, I the process of writing songs to me is i is it's just incredible and I, I i still love that and i still think it's a magical thing i love it just, obviously a minute ago we were talking about things you've done like Big Brother and Joseph the Technical and Dreamcoat and all this sort of stuff. But as I was doing my research just before we came on, I was like checking and seeing what was going on. Did I see you've been in Hollyoaks recently? Yes. <laughs> I can't yes. say I'm up to date with my Hollyoaks. No, I. <laughs> I've never seen it. And the, they, they approached me. This was very recently, actually. And uh, apparently there was some characters that were getting married and it was like a big kind of season ended thing. And it was like an hour long special or something. Like that. And they want, apparently the, the bride was a big fan of mine and I guess the groom booked me or as my friends like to call him him. <laughs> <laughs> so they booked him. And, and so I, I went up to Liverpool and, uh, and uh, was on set for half a day and, 
Uh, it was a mad experience. Really lovely people, um, great production, um, and and the cast were really nice. And I just I had a great time. And, and literally, all I did was like they, I waited around for hours, and then um, and they said, "Okay, so uh, you're on." <laughs> so, so I was like, I walked on. Of course, they wanted me to wear the leather jacket and all that kind of stuff. Oh yeah, uh, you know. And uh, so, so I literally just walked What's in to to this set. Yeah, to, I've still got it. I've still got that old leather jacket. And uh, so, uh, yeah, I turn I turn up on set, and, and there was a wedding set there, and they were like, "Okay, just go in and play the song." I was like, "Really? What? Just just walk in?" Um, and do it and they were like yeah just do it and i had a guitar and i just walked in and said oh hey guys it's me <laughs> that's kind of what they used you know it's basically just me playing guitar in front of the the crowd the wedding set there and they all got up and danced around and that was it and then uh, a couple of weeks later it was on tv <laughs> well, there another, we one of those, another one of those weird moments in my life you know um, just, well, oh, yeah. go on joe I just I just wasn't expecting it because I was doing my research, did more questions, and then I was like, before we came back on to, I was like, let me just double check, see so I haven't missed anything. I was like, you like Hollyoaks? What? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there's loads of little things like that in my career, just like odd <laughs> odd moments. Like I played, I played a drug dealer in the bill once. <laughs> did you? <laughs> yeah, Colin, Colin the drug dealer. Yeah, you can find it on YouTube. So you just go put Chesney Hawks the bill, it'll come up. Yeah, so, amazing. <laughs> very weird. I don't know, I'm doing after this. Um, <laughs> and I, I love how they obviously looked at you and went, yeah, classic. He definitely looks like one. We'll have him. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I probably was one at the time. No, I'm joking. <laughs> <laughs> Typecast. Um, uh, before we get, because obviously you mentioned musicals at the beginning, but just before we jump into that, because I know you're strapped for time, etc. cetera. But um, my uh, partner's mother came to see you in Newport, at Tradiga Park, who did a festival back on the 4th of June, and she said you were absolutely excellent as what I'm to pass that oh, message. Well, that's very good to hear. I will send my love to her. I will. I will. Don't you worry. Um, but yes, so you're also part of musicals as well. You said you were, you finished writing one? Yes, yeah, that was a, a, a something I've been working on for many years. And uh, yeah, we, we were just about to get it on a stage, I think, in here in the UK, but just, just at the beginning of 2020. <laughs> So, oh. yeah, so that kind of put a spanner in that works. And um, so what we decided to do through the pandemic is is record a kind of a quaso um, cast album. You know, so mm. I found singers that I knew could do it justice. And I, um, I also included my, my own vocals in there. And uh, and uh, we made a record and I didn't put it out properly. I put it out on um, on YouTube. So it's on my YouTube um, uh, account. Okay. And it's just it's called The One. And uh, it's, you know, I, I, I kind of wanted to, to do it this way around to see if we could get some interest from, you know, now, now that the pandemic is starting to kind of come to a close and, you know, theatres are, are now open and everything. And, and perhaps I'll try and get that back, back on a stage at some point, maybe next year. Yeah. Do it. I'll watch that. I'll come. Definitely. <laughs> good, good. Well, that's yeah. one. That's one. Yeah. That's two. That's two. I got. Woo! <laughs> <laughs> I'll be at the front and go, Chesney said he was proud of me. <laughs> <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> so, so what is next for you then? What have you got working on that's coming out? Uh,
Um, I, I've got the, the musical, which I'm going to st start doing next year, I think. I've got a new album coming out next year as well. I've got a podcast, uh, which literally launched today. It's called Ferguson Harrington Hawks. Um, so if you're interested in that, that's fhhpod.com. No, fhhpodcast.com. Sorry. See, I'm so new, I don't even know what's going on. Uh, I mean, God, so, uh, what else? There's loads of things. Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm taking over the reins of the tremolos. So I'm going on tour as the Tremolos uh, later this year, October, November. Oh, wow. So if anyone's interested in coming and see me, him, playing, uh, <laughs> doing tremolo songs, uh, 60sgold.com is all that one. So I think that's enough to keep me going, isn't it, boys? Yeah, I think so. That's but... why you're there at the house now. Your dad's using guitars behind some like, night you of Excalibur to pass on the <laughs> <laughs> No, that's kind of what's happening, to be honest, because he's not been well, bless him. So... Uh, I had to take over some of the tour last year, and uh, that's why I'm, I've agreed to do this tour, and I'm hoping that Dad will be able to come along and do a few with me, but we'll see. We'll fingers see. crossed. The fingers yeah. crossed, hopefully, that'll be the case. But um, a question I ask every musician, music videos. Yeah. L love them or hate them? I love them as uh, pieces of, of you know, artistic work. I, I love watching them. I'm not a fan of making them. I never yeah. feel... No, yeah, it's it's no, a it's, common response. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. It's true. It, you know, they always do the, the, the close-up shot at four in the morning after you've been, like, you know, performing for 24 hours or something like that. And I don't know, it's, it's, it's hard work. I never, I'm never happy uh, with my performances on videos. Uh, you know, it's, I always think, oh, I just look a bit awkward or something, you know. I mean, as, as years have gone on, I've, I think I've got a little bit more comfortable in my own skin, but I'm not a dancer, you know. So a lot of the time, you kind of have to move in some certain ways, you know what I mean? It's like, yeah. that's why I was, I, I don't mind the performance ones, they're, they're not so bad because I just do my, do my shit, just do my thing, you know, just get yeah. out there, play guitar and just do it, you know. But um, I, I like the idea of, of, it kind of gets my juices flowing thinking about an, a good idea for a music video, but most of the time it just doesn't come to fruition properly you know in my in my what was in my head you know so yeah it's it's an interesting one i like working with people that are really good at it that are really yeah. you know good directors and you know stuff like that and but yeah the actual making of them yeah i think that's probably the, the same for for most people i know yeah. i know nick nick feels that way for sure <laughs> yes yeah, it's, it's most the most common thing i get is literally what you just said it's like yeah. love watching them because i love what i think they're fantastic but the actual making of them and whatnot is like is yeah but you get yeah. shots at 3 a.m. where you're like, can you get that light out my face? Because <laughs> uh, <Exactly>. like, <laughs> yeah. at 3 a.m. you become northern, don't you? That's how it works. Yeah, that's just how that's what happens. In the day, yeah. Yeah, like you're, <laughs> yeah, you're from London. and then when yeah, it, it's, uh, So maybe it's like a kind of a, a Cinderella thing. You get to midnight and then you go, you suddenly turn northern. It's like, fucking <laughs> hell. Get that what, bloody light out of my face. What, what the fuck's going on here? And then, <laughs> and then, and then, and then become brummy if you're from Liverpool. Yeah. <laughs> Yes. <laughs> Suddenly. <laughs> What's going on with that, mate? Hey, <laughs> <laughs> and it's just like Ringo and Paul, I don't know. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Before we let you get out, we do have a couple of fan questions if you're okay to answer those. Yes, me. yeah, far away, mate. Uh, James Stafford wants to know, you used to have wonderful big blonde hair like him. Why did you go and cut it? You were part of an, an army together. <laughs> Uh, well, because I, you know, it got older. It's like as simple as that. I mean, if I had that haircut now, I'd look like a bit of a, well, a bit of a doofus, maybe. I, I don't know. My son, my sixteen-year-old son, has it. He's got. He's, he looks like me in ninety-one right now. 
I don't know. I think you have to grow old uh, some kind of gracefully. I don't know. Parts of me is growing old disgracefully, but <laughs> not my hair. No, I like it. James, basically what we're trying to say is it's time to cut your hair. It's man, time no? to grow up, mate. Yeah. It's time to grow yeah, up. Absolutely. Gemma Williams wants to know, how was your hearing after having so many young girls screaming at you during your thing? <laughs> yeah, that was tough, actually, um, trying to play live. Because um, back then, uh, you didn't, it was before the in-ear systems uh, came along. So it was all what we call um, monitor wedges. So they were just there. So it was, sometimes it's really hard to hear the monitor wedges through the screens. It was. Um, and I remember seeing uh, interviews with the Beatles saying, uh, complaining about that. Like, you know, we can't, we just want to be able to hear our music and all we can hear is these screams, you know. <laughs> so I can relate to it, I can. Uh, but, uh, but it was great times. I mean, it's very exciting, you know. Like, that, that, that part of it is actually like, it's kind of crazy. It's, it's a weird thing to do, isn't it? A scream over, if you like someone, mu- someone's music. Um, yeah. <laughs> why would you scream while they're playing? You know, you'd want to. I'm sure you want to listen to it. <laughs> that's, that's a good point. <laughs> it's like it drowns out the music. Yeah. Do I sing along? No, I want to shout at him. Is what I want to do. <laughs> How else will you know I am his one true love unless I scream at him? Yeah. Well, that's it. Yeah. But I think maybe it becomes like a kind of one of those crowd things. You know, like a. Where one's screaming and then the, if he's, she's screaming, I've got to scream. And then suddenly everyone's screaming. It's like, why are we screaming? I don't know. We're just screaming. <laughs> oh. uh, my wife, Becky Westwood, says she wants to know if you could collaborate with anyone else, dead or alive, who would it be? And she also wanted me to add, which is weird for me to say, to tell you that you've aged like a fine wine, sir. Oh, thank so. you. Is that like what corked? <laughs> <laughs> Um, well, thank you, Becky. Both of those. Um, well, one was a question. One was more of a statement, wasn't it? Yes. Yeah. yeah. Um, uh, an observation. I say. Uh, I would say um, two people: um, Prince and John Lennon. How about that? Both Great dead. But Bo- both never going to happen, unfortunately. <laughs> <laughs> well, you're not setting yourself up for disappointment if you choose people who can't happen. Yeah. So no, and, unless unless there is a heaven. But imagine there's no heaven, though. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I don't suppose you're here a week, are you, Ches? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm here all week. Exactly. <laughs> and last but not least, although you've probably heard this question a billion times, it's just too good and I could not end on it. Melissa Daly wants to know, are you still the one and only, or did someone take that away from you? Oh, that's good. That's good. Um, I see what she did there. Yeah. I. It's weird because people ask me that question, and I don't ever really know how to answer it because I never. I don't really know what it means. What does it mean to be the one and only? Uh, if I look at it in a kind of a philosophical way, uh, then yeah, because there's only one me. So Love it. I am the one and only. There you go. But it also means that you are the one and only too. Yes, I like it. So there you go. Chesney Hawk is proud of me and he thinks I'm the one and only. Best day <laughs> ever. <laughs> Chesney, this is so much fun. Thank you so much. Before we let you go, Tom, do you have any more questions? Yeah, one final one, if, you, if you've got time for it. Yep, um, yeah, go for it. But essentially, when you first started out, I know you've, you come from a rock and roll background, family-wise and whatnot, but did you ever think, now at age 50, that this is where your life would get to? That you'd have the, you know, cross the paths you have, etc.? 
No, not at all. I mean, life has an amazing way of, um, you know, just throwing kind of crazy stuff that you would never have imagined would happen to you. Um, so I, I, I guess in, as a kid, I saw my trajectory as I'm going to be a successful musician and that's that. You know, I always had yeah. that in my head. And so whatever whatever path that was, and I'd seen my dad's friends uh, and people, you know, have a tra that kind of trajectory. Um, I guess I thought that would be my tra trajectory um, in life. But you don't know who you're going to meet. You don't know what's going to happen. Um, so, I mean, how, how on earth could I have known that I'm going to be sitting here talking to you crazy lads, oh. uh, th you know, th 30 years after, <laughs> after that, the, that, those days, you know, uh, but I'm glad I, I'm glad I am. And I'm, I'm glad it happened that way. Yeah. Who knew you got a shrine built to you in the middle of boring wood and some house that <laughs> exactly. got locked, like the slurry's got locked in, you know, snapping yeah, your limbs. Exactly. And who... And who knew that I was going to be like, you know, eating kangaroo anus next year? <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Exactly. In Australia, guys, <laughs> not here in Wales, Australia. Yeah, no, I don't want to do that. <laughs> I'll wait till they get back to Australia yeah, before yeah. I do that show. Yeah. <laughs> if I'm going to do it, I'm going to do it properly, all right? <laughs> yeah, bloody Wales. That's like celebrity light. Sorry. Yeah, it's still, it so is. <laughs> Can't it's have that. So <laughs> exactly. It's so spot on. Oh, this castle's yeah. not too bad, actually. It saves us, you know, don't just come the cost and go over to Australia, take a lot of people with us, all the production crew, et cetera, et cetera. Let's have it here in Britain. Let's, yeah, I, I mean, I think the production company probably think we're saving ourselves a bloody fortune yeah. here. Oh, absolutely. The, tru the trouble is the spiders are only that big. So, <laughs> yeah, yeah. you know, it doesn't work. <laughs> it's caught through those little, uh, those little caves, like, oh, I hope there's no, oh, oh is, is, is that all you've got? Oh, oh okay. it's just a house spider. Yeah, oh, yeah. Okay. <laughs> the one just like, sits there and waits. It's like, yeah. shit, why is someone in here with me? Can someone get this person out of my cave, please? <laughs> I never thought of bringing it to, to an end, doing an impression of a house spider in Wales. That's where, that's where we are. You see what I mean about life? You never know what's coming. Exactly. You never know what's going to be. Exactly. Oh, so. Chesney, this has been so much fun. Thank you so much for doing this. Oh, thanks for having me on, guys. It's really been fun for me as well. I've really enjoyed it. Oh, I'm really pleased. Oh, yeah, I loved it. So, yeah, seriously, man, thank you. <laughs> I hope that thank boat you. gets sorted. Yeah, I'm going to go check them out now. I can see they're, they're still over there, so it's not sorted yet. <laughs> yeah, but, and, uh, that British thing is saying, it's not done yet, lads. Like. <laughs> no, just stand there looking at them. Yeah. I see what we did there. Yeah, I like it. Yeah. All right. Very nice. Yes, yes. It's not how yeah, I would have done it. Out, it's not how I would have done it, lads, but I, I see what you do. I see what you did with that air filter. Yeah. Have you, have you swabbed that deck yet? Or whatever it is, boat, I don't know. <laughs> yeah, that sounds about right. Swab the deck. Yeah. I mean, oh, you know, I'll ask him. I'll ask him for you. I'll ask him for you, Tom. I appreciate that. Yeah, thank you. Hopefully it's swabbed enough. Um, <laughs> or whatever it is they do I have no idea yeah, still yeah. have a great day my friend take it easy yeah. and uh, hopefully we'll, we'll get you on again soon that'll be great I'd love to come back with you guys that was really fun yeah so thank get, you, thank you sir. Talk, talk to Leanne I guess you must have talked to Leanne right yeah yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. okay great right brilliant well, I'll take care, see, you again. see you later until, until yeah. next time until next we we'll look forward to it see you later Chesley cheers guys bye bye, bye. just so much fun like my face hurt from laughing after doing yeah. this definitely the big brother story is definitely my favorite by a country mile but i also heard that people enjoy my impression of a welsh spider that was glorious that was glorious <laughs> and i want you all to remember 
but Chesney's proud of me. That was a highlight of my life, that was. We really <laughs> hope that you guys enjoy listening to it as much as we did recording it. Mr. Stevens. Hello, sir. It's audience participation time. Let's participate. Ladies and gentlemen, it's time to participate in Jamie's participation challenge. Now, before we get into this week's answers, I made a slight boo-boo last week, so I need to make an amendment because I missed a post when I was looking for answers. So I missed two answers and I feel bad because of great answers. So I thought I'd put them in here. So last week's question was obviously about the bucket lists, what people want to do with their lives. And I had two answers that I completely missed, so I feel like I need to include them. First off, Harrison, my my son, says get as many different driving licenses as he physically can. A car, a bike, a HGV, a bus, an LGV, all of them. Fair. Yeah, play to him. Like, I quite like that idea. It's like, can you drive this? Yes, I can drive anything. If you could drive a tank, that'd be amazing. And the other one I missed was Claire Jones. And she she left us a list. It's great. Uh, go see the Northern Lights. Go to Pompeii. Well, all of Italy, which is, I completely agree. I've always wanted to do that. The Pyramids. I've done that one. Uh, see an active eruption of a volcano. Fair play. Jerry. Just just quickly, I've noticed that these two answers are from your best friend and your, and your son. son. Yes, and I missed them, I know. No, not that. This, have they been harassing you? Is no, anything we just, do we just talk about this? Or? No, they haven't, actually. I was quite American, but I actually just genuinely noticed it. I was like, oh, damn. Huh. <laughs> I was quite... Um, glass blowing, gold mining, and work of a paleontologist. There we are. Claire wants to get a lot done, and I agree. They've some good answers. But let's get to this week's question. I felt this week I should ask a very deep, heartfelt, important life question. I said, this week we want to talk about the most versatile vegetable. It can be eaten in so many different ways. So I asked, what is your favourite way to eat the mighty humble root vegetable that is a potato? And why? What say you, sir? What's your favourite way to eat a potato? Nachos. Oh, good answer. Ooh. Nachos or burritos? No, is that no? It's corn, isn't it? No, yeah, no, corn, nachos, no. nachos, nachos. I like that. That's a good one. They're potato chips, aren't they? Yeah, yeah, yeah potato chips. Yeah, yeah. Or are, are they, they actually? Are they corn snacks? Oh, I think they might be corn snacks. Oh, fuck off, corn, you bastard! Now I'm thinking about it. I think they might be corn. Okay, I'm going to swap it. Sweet potato fries. Oh, good choice. You're always going for sweet potato. I love sweet potato. Like, oh, my ass. I could eat that shit raw. But I noticed just before we get started, a lot of these answers, no one, half the people didn't fucking cook the thing. Quite a lot of people just said raw. Yeah. Or with 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 them. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) One of them being my dad. And I was like, okay, there we are. Um, Just (laughs) thinking being hilarious. Yeah. Actually, I already cooked the fucker. First off, we've got. Claire Jones, she's back again. Super crispy, yet soft and fluffy chips. You can't beat a buttered jacket of red onion, garlic mushrooms and cheese and mayo. Oh, garlic roast potato, super crispy and soft. God, I love potatoes. Yeah, I do like a jacket with uh, chicken tikka sandwich filler in it. Oh, Jamie, I make the best jacket. Hands down, I make one of the best jacket potatoes ever. 
my mate. Oh, hands down. Sorry, I won't make one of the best. Yeah, <laughs> that in my opinion, and I'll happily make it for anybody who's intrigued. That's a high claim. I'm intrigued. Jake Smith says potato dolphin is by far my favourite way oh, to have it. Strong. Oh yes, very strong. Uh, Owen Edmonds says I like to eat my potatoes with more potatoes. Fair. 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 Matt Rose says roast potatoes all day long. Yeah, they're decent. <laughs> uh, my mother, Debbie Myatt, says raw. To, yeah, and I know she has eaten raw potatoes. Raw, so. Really? Yeah, she's weird. She eats raw carrots as well. She's weird. That's decent. Yeah, raw carrots I can get on board with. Uh, the wife, Becky Westwood, says jacket potato. There's lots of O's in this potato. I don't know. I'm sure why. With a huge pile of cheese. Fair. Yeah, fair. Uh, Leslie Purse has clearly been watching Lord of the Rings because she's the best way to eat them is to boil them, mash them, stick them in the stew. Is that Lord of the Rings, is it? <laughs> yes. Boil okay. them, mash them, stick them in the stew. Have you not watched Lord of the Rings? Yes. Okay. I didn't know that's what it's Harrison says, my homemade chips, I like that, is a bold claim. His best way to eat potatoes is the way he makes them. I like that, bold claims. Bold claim, my boy. Gemma Williams, I love mashed potato. Cheesy mashed potato is yummy too. It is. It is very yummy. And I'm the same, Fern, and Kirsty Darby says, mash, mash, mash. Yeah. <laughs> I'm assuming that's just mash. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Martin Skerritt needs to be checked on because he says his favourite way to eat them is a suppository with garlic butter. <laughs> I'm assuming the garlic butter acts as a loop. I, l- I, love so, I love him so much. <laughs> Kate Elizabeth says, crisps and chips. Oh, that's my sister. That. Yeah, that's great. That. Yeah. Um, Connor Sinfield, there's always got to be one of those smart asses in the group, and it's this one who says, chew it and then swallow it. Yeah, he's my boss. <laughs> I mean, one of those lovely individuals. <laughs> Amy Macy says, hash browns, no other answer is acceptable. McDonald's hash browns are great. I do love hash I do browns. like hash browns. I think they're, they're very underrated. They're great. Do love hash Andy Imhoff with an answer that possibly made me laugh for at least five minutes. Irish guacamole, aka mashed potatoes. <laughs> <laughs> really made me laugh. George Lugo says baked with sour cream and bacon bits topped with green onions and a dash of salt. That, that sounds unbelievable. Sexy. Oh, yes. I'm all over that. And my two favourite answers I've saved to the last. Alex Graham, diced, deep fried with Donnelly, obviously. Never had Donna, mate. What? Never had a kebab in my life. Actually, I actually had this conversation before. I went really high-pitched again, then. I'm getting worried about yeah. my testicles. That's right. That's, you know. I'm sure they're fine. <laughs> Last but not least, he's back. It's Ryan Williams. We haven't heard from that boy in a long time. It says, to be fair, I have only eaten one type of potato which I dislike, and that is a scalloped potato. The consistency is disgusting just going down the throat. I can't really decide on a favourite potato, possibly a toss-up between garlic parmesan, mashed or twice-baked potatoes. But recently, thanks to a movie called The Martian, I have made a new recipe for potato, and it's called a potagra. It's a baked potato topped with butter, cayenne pepper, and finely chopped Viagra, just to make sure not to eat it at a family dinner. <laughs> Why Viagra? <laughs> Don't know. Just, I just have the idea of a jacket potato giving you an erection. I hope it doesn't fuck the mash afterwards. That's why it's mashed. That's how he mashes it. Oh, oh, yeah. (laughs) 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 
Oh, beautiful. I like that one. Yeah, it's great. That was a great, that was a great participation, that question, actually. Because when you first released it, I was like, really? I just thought it'd be so potato, But it worked. It worked a dream. It worked an absolute dream. But I've got to say, where was Potato Croquets? Because they are the boss. Oh, my God, they're unreal, oh. they are. And where was the smiley faces, people? I'm not six. Um, but if you enjoy James' participation challenge, thank you to everybody who participated this week. We appreciate it. With all some new people who participated this week as well. So very much appreciated. Um, and you enjoyed Tom's journal. Callum's treachings, I mean, you've got to enjoy those. Nobody can't enjoy them. They're phenomenal every single week. The interview and all the bullshit we speak at the beginning. And you enjoy the other 45 editions of the Chronicles of Podcast. We're almost halfway to 100. The question is, Jimmy, are we going to make it? Of course, of course we, are. we are. Of course we are. Uh, you can find us on Spotify, Google, Apple, or wherever you get your podcast from at the Chronicles of Podcast. You can also come to our YouTube channel at the Chronicles of Podcast. Hit that subscribe button, please. Hit that subscribe button right now. Hit the bell to so get notified when a video is getting released every Wednesday, Monday, and Friday. Uh, and comment, 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 comment. I can't express enough comment every fucking where. You can also find us on Facebook at the Chronicles of Podcast. Hit the like. Share whatever you want on there. Chat to people. Let's just, you know, get following us. Get sharing us every just share us everywhere. Do you know where else you can find us, Jamie? Um, can you find us following Chesney around the streets going, is he the one and only now? Absolutely. But you can also find us on the Twitter at TCOPod. Do you know where else you can find us, Jamie? I know where you can find us at the start of August, sir. At the Bloodstock Festival. Absolutely. But you can also find us on the Instagram. Oh, there you go at TCO pod. And you can also find us on the TikTok at TCO pod as well. Come and give us a follow there. You can also come and join us at our beautifully brand spankingly, sexily new and gorgeously, deliciously, incredibly wonderful little website at www.thechroniclesofpodcast.com. You can find all of our shows are on there. All about us is on there. All of our affiliation sponsors are on there. It's just full of absolute wonderment. And please go to our Just Giving page as part of our Sophie Lancaster Foundation thing. Click Just Giving and donate to this little fucking weirdo right here who's going to be cycling. Wait, I didn't mean weirdo, I meant mentalist. Who's going to be cycling from Birmingham to back up in Lancashire uh, to where Sophie sadly lost her life. Uh, he's going to be on Friday. Remember the date? Sunday the 17th of July. Sunday the 17th of July. It's, uh, yeah, it's going to be a trek and I wish you all the best, sir. But please donate, donate, donate. Give us as much money as we're 16 pounds away from the 500 mark. That would be unbelievable to get there beforehand. The Chronicles of Podcast. Downloaders, reviewers, raters, sharers, tell all of your friends about us. Allow us into your ears. But most importantly, only listen to us when stargazing. Try and find the North Star or Orion's Belt. If you fail, eat broccoli. I do love those. <laughs> they confuse the daylight side of me, but I love them. Thank you. Before we get on out of here, we have to say thank you to a couple of our friends, don't we, sir? We have Absolutely. to say thank you to Mr. Matt Roberts at Matt Roberts Music. Every single piece of music you hear on this show comes from Mr. Matt Roberts. He's releasing a brand new single very soon. We teased it last week. He posted the lyrics to it the other day on his socials. You may have seen that. It's incredible. I can't wait for you to post and you all to hear it. But go check him out. Follow him on Spotify. All the social medias at Matt Roberts Music, like I said, because the guy is amazing and I can't wait to hear what he's coming out with next. 
then we have to say thank you to Mr. Stay Cozy himself. Staycozyclothing.com or the Stay Cozy smartphone app downloaded. There is currently a summer sale on because we've got all those new lines coming. So go on there, add one of them into your basket, get yourself a sale item while you're there, treat yourself. It's it's not nearly Christmas, but fuck it, treat yourself. Add that discount code, The Chronicles, at checkout. Get yourself 10% off your order just because you listen to this show. Because you put up with us two idiots, we give you 10% off Stay Cozy Clothing. Can you say fairer than that? I think that's a great deal, personally. It's a great deal. And last but not least, it's these guys. It's the Sophie Lancaster Foundation stamping out prejudice, hatred and intolerance everywhere. As you guys know, we are passionate about this charity. They mean an absolute world to us. We are doing so much for them. We hosted that charity gig, as we all know. We raised so much money, so close to £500. As Tom just said, currently sitting on that Just Given, we are £16 off just £500. Coming up in the future, what are we doing for them? My crazy ass is doing a bike ride, 116 miles to back up in Lancashire. Please, please, please sponsor me. Even if it's just a pound. It, as Tesco likes to say, every little helps. Let's build that money up. I've had some sponsors from people at work. I've had sponsors from a complete stranger. So come on, let's get, let's raise all this money, make it worth my while, because I cannot wait to do this. I'm really looking forward to it, weirdly enough. Even though about halfway through, I'm probably going to go, I regret every decision I've ever made. But I'm really looking forward to doing this. I can't wait to raise as much money as I possibly can for them. And as we alluded to, well, we didn't allude to it, we said earlier on in the show, we will be at the Bloodstock Festival working alongside the guys at the Sophie Lancaster Foundation. You will find us near the tent. We want to talk to you guys. We want to talk to you and how this foundation has affected you and all the work they are doing. Please come and speak to us. We can't wait to talk to you if you are at the Bloodstock Festival this year. Also on Sunday, this is an amazing thing that they're doing at the Bloodstock Festival. They are encouraging everyone to wear the colour pink because it's Sylvia's favourite colour. So I cannot wait to be in a field full of metalheads wearing pink. It is going to be a beautiful sight. If I don't see someone wearing pink corpse paint, I'm going to be really disappointed. But it's going to be incredible. And I hope to see as many of you there as we possibly can. And last but not least, thanks to this beautiful guy over here. That's it. One waving at you. What's going on, guys? Yeah, so uh, Chesney, thank you. Thank you very much. We really appreciate your time and we hope that everyone has enjoyed this thoroughly. Uh, Jamie, another great episode. Another great episode indeed, sir. It's always 46. Grand. I know. It's crazy. We're getting there. We're just keep we're just gonna keep on trucking. And I'll always drive. Because uh, I don't know. Uh, why not? So I can't drive. But uh as for this week, I guess that we'll see you all next week. Goodbye, everybody. Bye. Bye.